Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 137. I'm your host, Em, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello, gaming, gaming, gaming. That's it. Uh, it's There's never been a better time to play video games. No one's using that, right? We can take that one. Uh, no, that one's actually taken again. But they're not, it's, it's, uh, they don't talk about video games in the podcast anymore. Yeah, that's why I can take this one. Because I specifically say to play video games. To play video games, yeah, okay, I guess. I guess that's true. Look, <laughs> was... next laner wants to come for their copyrights. They can come for their copyrights. We'll ask them to be on the podcast. It'll be great. <laughs> we'll stop using your catchphrase if you guest on a show. Give us a boost. What a thing. fucking annoying thing to be like. What a fucking desperate giant bomb fancast ass move to be like. Oh, oh, look, we're we gonna. We, can we be annoying our way into getting guests on our podcast? I would just ask them. Are we, I would yeah, just DM no, them and be like, hey, if. if Alex, you want to be on the show? I would not stoop to such cringe measures. I would, I would ask Alex Navarro to be on our show. The the main problem with getting guests on abnormal mapping is, is the people I want on the show. I don't have an idea of what I would want them on for, and that's kind of the whole point of this goddamn podcast. Yeah, there are many people that I'm like, oh, we should ask them to be on sometimes. But then the next phase is, okay, what game will we ask them to play that they've got to like spend a month on or spend, a, you know, yeah. like it, it, you got to book out more time than just the recording. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is uh, <laughs> one of the things that we're trying to sort out next year, and we're like changing our process. No problems. We don't have like plans, but uh, oh, every we, two we weeks never we never have plans. What are you talking about? Plans are for losers, not exactly. us. Exactly. Never gonna have a plan again. We tried this year, and then my wrist broke that plan. Um, you know what? The podcast got better. That's true. Okay. So, Jackson, <laughs> yo, what have you played this month? So I've, I've played. So I've played some games. I've played Sonic Frontiers. Yeah. Uh, if you have VoIP life, you can hear me talk about that a lot. Sorry. Go to, go to Patreon.com/slash/normalmapping. Give us ten dollars. I did plan hear. to put that all in the premium podcast, but I don't necessarily want to repeat myself. We talked about it for about half an hour there. Um, the you mostly liked version, it, even though it was annoying. Yeah, the short version is. I think it's got a lot of problems, but I I still enjoyed it because I enjoy Sonic and I enjoy the things it's doing even though it's not the best expression of all of them and i think the open world's frustrating yeah um and i think it's okay i i, I made that tweet oh, uh, a couple weeks ago now um but it is absolutely the core of my opinion is whenever i see youtubers being dismissed and be like this game's stupid for idiots and everyone who likes it is a fucking moron and i go whoa whoa it's, it's, it's sonic you, you do some homing attacks it's fine yeah how could you be so so cruel and then whenever i see the sonic fans being like sonic adventure 3 basically return to the heights of the of the years before sonic's back forever i go no let's not be crazy let's not fucking lose our minds no it's not it's just an okay Sonic game. And you know what? That's a win for now. Yeah. Um, but that's the main thing I, I've been playing. Just, you know, after I finished that, I went and played Sonic Adventure. I beat it for the first time ever. Oh, um, man. That's a good game. It's not like Sonic I, Adventure 2, but it's pretty good. I've always, I've never beat Big the Cat before because he's so fucking annoying. The fishing's so bad. Um, uh, it's been long enough that I don't have a memory of how the fishing is. I just know everyone complains about it, and I remember not thinking it was that bad, but it, it's not great. I, f I finally got it so I can... My problem was when I played it like five years ago, whatever it was, uh, I got to the Big the Cat stuff, and I just it was it was physically impossible to my mind. I just could Like, the frog would bite the, the, the lure, and then it just wouldn't stick on the line. It just, every time, I could not get one, the frog. One of the many the ways in which you and Justin McElroy are the same. 
yeah, it was our trouble with fishing in uh, Japanese video games. Um, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> in many ways. Oh, the other ways we we like to talk about the Sherlock Holmes lot. I don't. What's the other fucking ways? I don't know. The bit cannot continue past. No, I have nothing. You you can't ask me for opinions here. I I don't have. There's no actual. You roast me with this comparison. You've not put any thought into. It was just to get your goat, and I did. So it was fine. I succeeded. Yeah, I guess you did succeed. Statement retracted. Uh, But I I managed to. I managed to get uh, get the frog four times, and I'm never playing those levels again. I have. and I finally played the Gamma Stage, which honestly, Gamma Stages, they're better than the Sonic Adventure 2 stages. This is correct, yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't dislike the Sonic Adventure 2 uh, Eggman Tales. I actually quite like the, um, you know, the, the targeting on and building the combo stuff. I think they're just kind of boring, is the thing. Yeah, I just like, you move slightly faster and you have a little more jumping in the uh, in the Gamma Stages. And he's got mm-hmm. that mode where he can go on his, like, uh, wheels. Um all the things that would improve those levels in SA2, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mostly just had a good time uh, just going back to Sonic Adventure, playing it again. Uh, we'll talk about our plans for next month, but it's basically part of my preparation for that. Okay. Uh, little okay. little dangle. Is like, I'm just back in the post-Sonic platformer hole. They're really fun to go back Every, to. They're everyone's scrambling to the show notes right now to see what we decided we were picking for next month because it's just there. It's not like actually a surprise, but we're not going to say it. You got to go to the show notes where I put, I have to listen to this goddamn podcast and put all the things we talk about in. So please uh, enjoy that. that. That's more work than it seems like it should be because I don't do it while we're recording because that would be sensible. Um, well, I guess we could just we're, we're just kill. a spicy pod today. Apparently, I'm just like we're just gonna ramble and I'm gonna tangent everything. It's gonna be a three hour show. I guess we could just, uh, you know, <laughs> kill all tension in the podcast. So you can just look at the, the sheet and you don't even have to listen. You can just get the information for the thing we wrote really bad and audience retention. No, I mean you should listen to the rest of the podcast. The rest of the podcast will be really good. That's true. I'm just saying if you don't, if you want to look at the where what the next thing is, we announce it at the end of the show, but it's also the notes. Because that's yep. also where people would go to see after this episode, you know. That's true. But uh, the point is, I've been I've been in that Sonic hole and playing some platformers, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't really playing much else. I played. Oh, I played Valkyria Chronicles. That was this month, wasn't it? I was like going down the. Yes. I got the Steam Deck, and just, I'm just mentally like, what's what was since the last podcast? And Steam Deck's been since then, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think you had had yours yet. I think it was on its way still. On its way, yeah. So I played a bit of Valkyria Chronicles. Went medium tactics mode for a while. That game is fun. Um, it's basically Worms. Worms 3D uh, is uh, how I have always described it, and turns out it was correct. Uh, but I really, I really like the tactics part. I think there's nothing, there's nothing more satisfying than perfectly setting up all your guys at a choke point and killing the enemy team on their own turn because you've got the defensive position locked down. Uh, the p- the potential for tactics brain Jackson exists. I just don't know if I have the like attention span to keep it up because these games are seventy hours long. I'm halfway through and I got hot to a hard mission. I haven't played it since, and I've been Sonic mode. Uh so we'll see if if I continue. The other problem is um I have no motivation to continue with the story because the story is terrible in the video game Valkyria Chronicles. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just just not good. Just 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 stupid. Uh weird world war Two stuff weird oh it's, it's world war Two, but it's just the evil empire versus the alliance with the little country trapped in the middle because it's really just doing fantasy story but about japan with the aesthetics of europe on top uh 
but ultimately it's just every other jrpg about the small thing small kingdom between the alliance and the empire with the dynast king it's just literally doing the same thing again yeah um because they're all the same wraithwald's uh, tomb wraithwald's tomb exactly. it's really a shame final fantasy 12 is kind of boring because man it's full of good ideas uh, oh, I remember the like, like the word about... Wraithwall's tomb. I'm, I'm not saying that like Wraithwall himself is a good idea or the Chris knife or whatever. Uh, but I need to play Final Fantasy Tactics or I guess that Tactics Ogre game uh, remake just came out. Uh, I'll probably play that uh, at some point because um, I do. I do. I have this reputation for being the Tactics hater or the Twelve. The the generally dis- dismissive too strong a word but generally like not into the narratives of the games that are about kingdoms doing things back and forth with each other until something happens and they all unite and kill the guy uh my jrpg interested are in like the party stories where they kill god which are the other type of stories mm-hmm. um but they're both equally as generic as each other i just tend to like the other style more uh because I'm mostly invested in characters. But I know for a fact that some of them are good. Like, Final Fantasy XII is not a good example of that mode. Uh, I know that if I played ta- like Final Fantasy Tactics, I would enjoy that version of Evilly Small. I don't know if I'd say it was like the best Final Fantasy story like some people. But my dismissiveness is also born out of not having played the best examples. And so I feel a bit rude. Um, yeah. And then I go into Valkyria Chronicles. It's also not the best example. Sorry, Valkyria Chronicles. That's not going to win me back. Um, but I would, uh, I would like to play this uh, new um, Tactics Ogre uh, version when it uh, is not sixty dollars. I also uh, think there's just the inherent problem of these are anime video games that are telling quote unquote like complicated stories, but that that hit to a Western audience that had been like kind of drip fed 90s anime and we've been in a five-year pressure cooker of some of the greatest anime ever made <laughs> well not to not to tip a hand on where this episode's going <laughs> um, but when you watch enough anime or play enough jrpgs and you just see the the specific story forms that are used multiple times and treated by each one of those times like like it's revelatory and i'm like i see the structure too much uh it, it it just it just goes weird. Sometimes it lands. Sometimes you like see the seams. And you're like you're just doing another thing. Uh, but sometimes you play Final Fantasy X, and I'm like, that's no different than what a lot of the other games I'm criticizing for being generic are doing. I just like the guys in it more. This is the uh, secret. You gotta just write some good guys, and that's not. That's, there's no yeah. like formula for that. It's just like luck whether they hit or not. Right. Like when it comes down to a lot of like narrative critique you can do about uh, a lot of these games there's there's less separating the good ones and the bad ones than the arguments will actually convey uh it's just you like the guys are you invested in those characters in that world enough yeah uh but yeah Valkyria Chronicles was not doing it the main guy has one you know when everyone has hey you know the anime game thing where everyone has one personality trait and then every cutscene will just do their personality trait he likes insects he will mention insects in every fucking cutscene stuff like that sometimes I vibe with that and sometimes I don't it really is a toss up uh I would vibe with it more if it was just a slice of life thing and they were hanging out in an Atelier town hey what if I what if you played Blue Reflection Second Light oh you know what I should do that. Problem is, what I would do is play Blue Reflection 1, not like it, and not play the good one. Yeah, the one everyone said is like, it's fine, but it's like not nearly as good as the second one. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's where I'm, that's, that's what I've been doing. A uh, little bit of tactics gaming and then some platformery stuff that I'm, is the current hole I'm in. So yeah. All right, let's begin. Let's settle the fuck in. I'm strapping in. How many video games have you played? 
Oh, um, well, some of them I'm not going to count for reasons that will be revealed at the end of this podcast. So that's like four off the list. Okay, excellent. Let's go. So, um, starting off, um, shortly after we recorded the last episode, Butterfly Soup 2 dropped. Um, which is the sequel to the visual novel about uh, four girls in junior high, high school. They're, they all play baseball and they're all immigrants, or like second generation immigrants. Um, and they're all navigating growing up with parents who don't understand them. And uh, some of them are you know, realizing their own queerness, etc. It's really good. It's short. It's really well written. It's really funny. It's, it's great. Um, it's like set in the like aughts. I think that's like one of the things that really helps it out to me. Um, pretty sure it's the aughts. Anyway, the sequel came out. It's really good. It made me cry like twice. I think it's like a really well-made story. It's just nice coming of age stuff. Um, sometimes you're a shitty teenager and you have some friends and you work through it. Um, gets me. I think it's really good. It's like three hours long. Both games are pretty short. So I would recommend it if you are interested in such a thing. Yeah. Um, I, I played an abandoned scorn. <laughs> I played uh, like half of scorn, which is a elaborate on that because that seems ruder than you mean it. You yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm about to explain. So I played scorn, which is a first person puzzle slash survival horror game. Um, and, uh, which is about, you're a weird, you're a guy, you're like a goopy skeleton man at the end of all the, the world, seemingly. And all that's left are giant, weird, organic fortresses and deserts and dead bodies. And you wake up and you try to escape. And there's a weird creature that attaches itself to you and uh, is slowly dreading your life. And you're like, what do I do as you try to escape? And then you get a gun and a key to open doors. And then there's some weird, like chicken guys that spit acid at you and you avoid them or try to kill them. Um, and your your main gun's like a weird pile driver thing. It's like a it's it's it looks like a gun, but it just has like the you know how like the xenomorph and alien has like the little thing that comes out of the mouth that stabs you. It has one of those. It's used to like turn on machines, but also to like punch holes in enemies. Um, and that's your main weapon because that has limited ammo, and your guns have very limited ammo. Um, and uh, it's mostly a game about navigating spaces and flipping switches and upgrading your key card to open a successfully higher rated door. So in that part, it's great. Um, but uh, I didn't really want to play survival horror a bit. It kind of stressed me out. I'll be perfectly honest. And I was just like, no, I'll watch the rest of this on YouTube. And I did. And I had a great time. Scorn's great. It's on Game Pass. Uh, that's the only reason I'm like, feel totally fine about like playing it, abandoning it, whatever. I, I probably would have done it anyway. Let's be real. Um, it's good. I, it has the thing that I think of. I, I always think of... Um, Dear Esther is like the first time I noticed this where it is a game that is beautiful, but that beauty is like, like when you go to a zoo and you're like, Oh, look at all these trees over. Oh, you're not meant, you can't like touch them or climb on the attractions. They're like behind the glass, but the glass is just invisible walls. Um, yes. That's what these kind of games feel like, where it's like, Oh yeah. Like you made you made like really great geometry, but in no way are you meant to interact with any of it. It's all just there to look at. It's mostly fake. Uh, yeah. It's all static. Yeah, which is totally fine. Um, it just, it, I think it, I'm at the point now where a game does that is very charming to me um, because it's a sign of a team with like very limited scope reaching really hard for something. I think Scorn like looks great. Um, I had a great time with that. So uh, it, yeah, especially if you can pick it up for free, uh, I'd recommend it. Uh, I would link Grace's piece. Grace wrote a really good and thoughtful piece about the actual thematic content of Scorn. Where there's like really good stuff in there if you want to like sit and chew on it about like... Uh, you know, the extinction of humanity and reproduction and 
not quite transhumanism, but like the ways in which we reach the limits of like organic life. And it's, it's good. Um, that piece is much smarter than anything I'm going to say on this podcast. Um, Cause I was just like, I think it's fun when I open doors, but I hate shooting guys or avoiding their acid breath. <laughs> the formalist goes to the fucking thematic video game <laughs> i could do it but like grace did it better i'll just link to her piece you know yes um, we finished halo 5 guardians oh we did we did do that oh which, that was this month which that we, was this month it was it was actually the end of october but yes um we um we'd started halo 5 last year at some point right it had to have been last year yeah it was it was shortly before halo infinite and we were like we're gonna I'll tell you what it was. It was exactly the point where they announced co-op would not be ready for launch. Oh yeah, that's when uh, we stopped. Yeah, we were like, we well, stopped, we're not going back. Stopped, yeah. well, I guess we're not fucking playing Halo Infinite then, because um, uh, our plan was Halo Infinite would come out, we'd play it together, mm-hmm. uh, and we had gone through Halo One, Two, Three, ODST, and Four. Who for? It's the worst shooter we've ever played. Yeah. Um, um. So we were literally halfway into Halo Five, and we finally finished it. We just sat down and did it all in one sitting. Um. That's a pretty fun game, I think, actually. Yeah. Um, they, they, like, figured out the guns a little better, and, like, the enemies... Uh, the way in which you interact with the Promethean en- enemies is still pretty good. Um, has a terrible story, but thankfully you can just kind of forget about it, because 343 definitely did. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not going to mention Spartan Lock ever again. <laughs> it's a oh, shame, because I, I like, him, I like him more than I like uh, Master Chief. Uh, Remember what all the AIs rebelled? Yeah. All of them? Don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry about it. We're done with that now. Um, so I would say it's like there are there are bungee halos I like less than Halo Five Guardians. I was about to say one bungee, but there's probably two. You probably like Halo Two less as well, don't you? I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't believe I genuinely your Halo Two hated them. You would you would think Halo Two is fine if I wasn't there going Halo Two. That's one of the greatest games of all time. Next to you, I know. I genuinely think the scripts, the scripting of enemies coming in being so busted, like genuinely, just I couldn't, I can't handle that. I'm like levels flow way better than one. Levels are fine. Yeah, but anyway. one one has the like. I understand the context in which one exists, and it's very impressive on that level because we do game history as like our job here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it gets a pass in a way that Halo 2 does not. You know what I mean? Halo 2 being the high budget, more polished sequel that is yeah. just six months unfinished. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, I do understand uh, as much as I'm like elementally. It's uh, it's it's it, my um, Ocarina of Time. The Halo 2 is not as important as Ocarina of Time, but it was yeah, similar, and like, like everything everything that game. you like about Halo 2, I just think is better in Halo 3. So I mean, it, 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 apart from the story, it is. Yeah. Um. um but the story's better than Halo 2, obviously. Well, here's the thing about this. playing all these when you're in your 30s, is you don't give a fuck about the story of Halo. Do <laughs> you like when there's the after on screen? Yeah. The, and I don't like any Halo other fi- time. The, the final cutscene of Halo 5. Okay, this is how much they don't know what they have. Master Chief is back from his mission. Cortana's betrayed him. He's come home. He's no longer a criminal or whatever. Uh... And he descends the steps, and looking at him coming down are Doctor Halsey, some other guy, uh, Spudlock, uh, some other guy, and the Arbiter, the Arbiter, Master Chief's fucking bro. They went up to the end of the world together, and only one of them came back. And this is maybe the first time they've met since then. Genuinely, yeah. could be the first time they've seen each other since then. Yeah, he doesn't look. He doesn't even look at the Arbiter. They have no other line. He instead turns right and looks to Halsey, and they have like a connection. Who can? Do you care about Master Chief and Halsey's connection? No, I don't. I don't care about Halsey ever. 
oh, Moth Chief's tragic child. And I read The Fall of Reach. I know about the Halsey and Moth Chief collection. First of all, I just think Halsey's evil and he should shoot her in the head. She's yeah. like the weirdo that kidnapped him and ruined his life. Uh, I hate all the Halsey. I just, uh, it's fucking bad. The story sucks. Yeah. Um, It was fine. Uh, Someday we'll play Infinite probably and it'll be probably much worse, so... I bet the levels will be fine because we're already here to ignore story. I bet the levels yeah. will be fine, and then the open world will be like, "Do we have to do this in co-op? What's going on here?" We'll and just do like, the thing we did in ODST, where we just race between the missions. No, but there's upgrade. You got to go do oh, clear fuck. Far Cry bases to get upgrades. Damn. Damn. Uh, that's um, that's the that's the thing. Anyway, did I talk about the? I don't actually know if I talked about Castle and the Adventure Rebirth last episode. Do you remember? I don't think you did. I guess we do. You, we did. We do. You do write everything we talk about down. So yeah, I'm going, I'm going to go check. look. I'm going to go look right now. Did I talk about this? Uh, no, I talked about bloodlines. <laughs> right. That's so, where we're at. Because you look, man, look at all these things. So I played Castlevania the Adventure Rebirth, which is the Wii, uh, Wii remake of Castlevania the Adventure, the first Game Boy Castlevania game, which was a piece of shit. Famously, <laughs> a very bad game. Um, one might say the worst Castlevania game, but I'm going to tell you that there are other worst ones you could play. Um, I'm going to tell you about them in a little bit. <laughs> but this one, <laughs> this, uh, this, uh, we were a game is made by M2. Um, it is, it is, it's weird. It feels like a, a, like an homage to the idea of Castlevania. If you put a fake Castlevania in like a movie to like represent Castlevania, you would make Castlevania Adventure Rebirth. And I mean that mm -hmm. in like a nice way. It's like just like the sword and board version of Castlevania. There's like the sub weapons, there's a whip, you, you jump, there's no new interesting mechanic. Uh, you go through some levels, you fight Dracula, you, you do the thing. Um, and it's well-made and it kind of looks like a phone game. Cause it's a WiiWare game from 2009. Um, and runs great on steam deck. And I had a pretty good time with it. <laughs> it's got, got like, those, much uh, to say. weirdly blurry pixel graphics. Yeah. Everything's just kind of a little like smeary in a way you're like, Oh, yeah. okay. No one, no one believed in the pixels in the way they should have. Um, no, I mean, yeah, we were. Um, it has a thing where there's like some branching paths, but they don't really matter. Um, but it's fine. It, it's a totally fun game if you if you would like to play one of those um, and have a way like dolphin. It, it runs great. It plays good. It's like you know unremarkable, but it's not like they're making new Castlevania. Eventually, got to play the boring ones. Um, I think this is the last Castlevania before uh, like um, Lords of Shadow. Yeah, Lords of Shadow. And, yeah, and maybe Harmony of Distance. Which hang on, which ones? No. How many distance to GBA again? Which one of the HD? Oh, Harmony of Despair. Of I understand Harmony why despair, you're confused that one. about this. I did not. I did not, and do not intend to play Harmony of Despair. I'll be honest with you. Because that one's like a weird multiplayer a mission -like running multiplayer thing? thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know they had the thing where you can see the entire the entire castle on the screen and yes. stuff. So at this point in my doing things, um, <laughs> uh, Twitter started decomposing rapidly, and we decided to all start posting on Coast. If you follow me on Coast, coast.org, it's .org, right? Um, slash EM underscore being. I don't actually know. It's, I'm EM, EM being on there. Uh, anyway, I'm doing capsule reviews of most of the stuff I'm playing. And so the next things I have, I like wrote about basically all of them. So if you'd like to check those out and get a sneak peek of what I'm going to talk about on the podcast, that's the place to do it. Because I'm going to group the next five games together. I played all five Game Boy Mega Man games. <laughs> All five. All five. Um, which came out in like the span of like three years. <laughs> um, oh, right. At, the 90s. Video games. Yeah. Um, and so the thing with the Game Boy games is the first one, uh, Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge, um, came out in 1991. 
so like Mega Man, like classic Mega Man was already on its way out, basically. Um, and so the way this worked is it takes half of the half the robots are from Mega Man one and half the robots are from Mega Man two. Um, and that goes forward through the next three games um, in a way that's really interesting where it like mashes up. So, so like you knowing the weakness doesn't help you because the robots are all pulled from like a mismatch, mishmash of games in a way that's really interesting. Um, Mega Man Dr. Wally's Revenge is not a very good video game for the record. Um, but I will say if you're going to play, if you're interested in the series, Mega Man 4 and 5 of these Game Boy sets are genuinely incredible games. I think Mega Man 5 is better than like half of the NES games. Um, I think it's just a fucking good game. Uh, 4 and 5 in particular get more interested in like telling a story with like cutscenes. Uh, there's like a through line between the two games. Um, Mega Man five has entirely new robot masters. Cause it's about Mega Man going and in, into space and fighting the robot masters of every planet in the solar system. And it's fucking cool. Um, and they changed the way the mega buster works where like a charge shot is because the mega buster doesn't work on space beings for whatever reason, the fully powered <laughs> mega buster is like a rocket punch. Uh, and so okay. you fire that and like hit enemies and it can like grab onto them or grab items when you upgrade it and do damage over time. And that's, it's just really cool. The way it changes it up is really neat. That, um, that's cool. I think that game is incredible. Um, so I would absolutely say, check out those two. Uh, they're all pretty short cause they're Game Boy games. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I played Mega Man, the power battle and Mega Man Two: the power fighters, which are the uh, Capcom arcade fighting game, Mega Man games. I didn't um, even know these existed in your Mega Man Quest. Which, um, and by that I mean, you pick from, you either play as Mega Man, Proto Man, or Base, uh, in two, you can also play as Duo, the weird, uh, like, robot cop from space from Mega Man 8, um, who I barely remembered, I'll be perfectly honest, I'll be like, oh right, this guy. Um, even though I like <laughs> Mega Man 8, you know, stuff slides out of your head. Um, and then you just go through some robot masters in one-on-one -on -one fights, get their powers, and then you fight all of them. You fight while they get a little bit of health back every time. If you die, you got to put more quarters in. Um, I understand why these didn't take off, but they're really colorful and really fun. The Mega Man mechanics work really well in a fighting game. It's just three buttons. It's charge and jump and uh, switch weapon. Um, they, they play like Mega Man. Uh, it's great. Uh, if you can check these out, I think they're in one of the collections, the modern collections. I played on Mr. Uh, they're good. They're great games. Very short, yeah. especially when you can just feed quarters in. You don't have to get good at them. You can just have a good time. Uh, <laughs> and then I played Mega Man Battle and Chase, which is a kart racer for the PS1, which is fine. It's a totally fine kart racer. Unfortunately, it has a bunch of cool voice work that didn't get translated when they brought it fr from Japan. So the, the actual interesting thing about the game, where it's like an episode one racer, but with like a story with like commentators and race interviews and stuff, is just all taken out. Um, and instead, it's kind of a slow, not very interesting Mario Kart clone. Uh, looks cool, but it's it's not great. Um, then I played Castlevania Legends, the last Game Boy Castlevania game. That game fucking sucks. <laughs> Get it? The, uh, I haven't played every Castlevania game yet, but it's the worst one that I've played. Um, it, it's slow. It looks bad. Uh, it, it it doesn't have interesting mechanics. Um, it's just not, it's just not a good, it's just not a good game. You can play, you can play Rebirth 
uh, Adventure Rebirth, you can play Adventure 2, which is a genuinely good game that has kind of Mega Man mechanics where you like pick levels and it's off a map and it's interesting. This game has none of that. It's short and it sucks. That's it. I'm taking a uh, look at it. This, uh, this sprite works kind of bad. Yeah. Um, this game came out in 97. Like, there's no excuse for this. Um, the art's pretty cool. Like, we got some fucking 90s, uh, like some 90s OVA looking Castlevania characters here. Yeah. Sonya Belmont looks like she stepped out of El Hazard or some shit. Yeah, and because it's like 97, like, it's a story about, like, the story is her and Alucard team up to defeat Dracula uh, because it's like a tie-in to Symphony of the Night, but also it's like canonically at that moment the first castlevania it's meant to be like the beginning of the belmont clan and then igarashi said that game sucks so much i'm writing it out of canon um <laughs> wife whip time <laughs> yeah wife whip time instead um uh, yeah it's it's not very good it's a real shame because i was hoping for like a secret cool one you know you always are you always yeah. want the secret cool one uh then i played sonic heroes which i talked about on that voip life that you talked about sonic uh frontiers on um, I will just say that Sonic Heroes is, I think, the third, my third favorite Sonic. I think it's really good. It has some of the best levels ever conceived of, and uh, I say that despite the fact the game doesn't play very well. Um, it's that it's that high just on level design alone. Yeah, the physics and the jumping and the actual like collision on a lot of it is just very yes. bad. But the levels are so cool; they kind of carry the day. Yes. Um, then. Um... <laughs> then i played uh i just went i was like loading some stuff on my steam deck and i ended up playing fly wrench again uh that game is great that's all fly wrench is really oh. cool one of the best games i, I couldn't i'll one day i'll make it past the first world of fly wrench it's stressful that one's really i just blew i, I like was in world three by the time i like in 20 minutes it was, it's not that hard it's pretty when's the last time you tried to play tough. fly wrench like five years ago over God, over that. When it came out, basically. When did it come out? Uh, Fly Wrench is a game from 2015. Woo! Yeah. Oh, this is before I'd even, like... Yeah, I think you'd, have, like... a fi- I think you'd have a fine time with it now. <laughs> so I was doing my Metal Gear stuff. You know what? Well, yeah. I'd pretty be fine now. I remember this being really hot. I was like, oh, Fly Wrench, that's like a, a real sicko platform is. I mean, it is. Uh, mostly about cool aesthetics, uh, but uh, I like it a lot. Um and this also coincided with playing Grid Runner Revolution, which works great on Steam Deck, can confirm. Uh, that's a great game also. You just want to be overwhelmed by sights and sounds, and I do, always. Um, that's a good one for that. Uh, that's a... So I play Grid, Grid, Grid Runner Revolution because of the last game I'm going to talk about, um, which is Atari 50, which is the new uh, oh, digital yes. clips release um, celebrating Atari's 50th anniversary, um, which is primarily a documentary slash museum collection of like scans of arcade flyers and interviews with some of the developers of early Atari games um, and historical stuff uh, that's all put together incredibly well. There's also games in it. There's like a hundred, I think there's like a hundred games. I don't actually remember how many there are um, from earliest like arcade stuff through to Atari Jaguar. Um, it's not like the the best collection you ever want to see because you know it's like stuff that Atari itself made because it's about Atari, and a lot of the Atari stuff that's really popular is licensed stuff that they're you know they're not gonna get the licenses for that. Um, mm-hmm. Like they talk a bit about like the twenty six hundred Donkey Kong, um, not included. No footage of that is included. <laughs> you know, like um, can't get everything. Um, but uh, 
the the documentary museum stuff is worth it alone i think if you care about gaming history uh this is like all before my time but i feel like i'm I, i've learned a lot it's really entertaining you get these old fucking guys who just don't give a shit anymore um willing to tell you everything about uh getting high and writing code in the 70s uh sitting right beside the other guys who still have like stake in the game and are very buttoned up and it's very funny to reveal who cares and who does not about telling the truth <laughs> Um, it's a really good it, package. I hope they do more of this sort of thing. It sucks that Nintendo is doomed to always be that other side. Yes. You're not going to, because obviously they're not going to be motorified and die forever, but I'm fairly sure they have a lock on any of the guys that are around in the 80s ever giving you the inside story on anything in Nintendo. I just also think, like, people are like, I, like I've seen a lot of put, like, people saying, like, oh, this is cool, but I wish it was about, like, game devs I cared about, like, if there was a Nintendo one, if there was a Capcom one. Um, you're only going to get this out of, like, I think you have to have like English speakers doing this. I think a translation layer would like destroy the bubble of like the re like just people who don't care anymore talking about it. it has to be old ass games from English speaking developers. I just don't think you're going to get it from like a Japanese dev team. Yeah. I mean, like it would have company. to be the, the, the documentary side would have to be produced in Japan and that would be translated, but the like, yes. actual one-on-one -on -one work would have to be done yeah. native. Cause if you did that through like Western earth trying to do it, being horrible. Yeah. Um, but if you care at all about old games, it just as like an educational resource, this is a great um, package. I think it's really cool. I think they've done a really good job with it. I like it a lot. Um, I picked through like, I'd say like maybe like 40% of it right now. And um, it's fantastic. Got me really excited about cool. a bunch of old video games. Because um, I, I just kind of ignored it. I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, whatever. I don't care about that for my time. Who cares? But uh, you've, you've made a good pitch for like, you should like take notice of some of this learn something yeah um if you are like on the fence about it as a, as a listener um i would recommend uh jeff gerson's stream of atari 50 where he sits down with it and just is slowly like talking over the stuff and playing some of the games doing the thing he always does which is like does this arcade game sound right I, it sounds off to me am i just have i just only played this on main do i only have main memories of this and maybe i'm my memories are the ones that are wrong um for like four hours it's jeff's very impressed by the package too because it's a really good package um it's neat it's like 40 dollars. it's probably going to be on sale relatively rapidly um because i can't imagine it's like a seems like digital clips are really happy with it but it doesn't seem like you know this is going to be a, a huge seller uh these are modest releases but i think it's mm -hmm. really cool um and that's everything because the other stuff i want to talk about is has to be uh shoved in a hole for later <laughs> later yeah because we, yeah. we got a we got an episode next month and yeah. you've already played next month's game i played some of next month's games yeah <laughs> um, someone in my someone in my curious cat no retro spring it's not curious cat anymore someone in my retro spring is like is the change to every two weeks of normal mapping or like whatever your format is going to mean that there's more grab bags and like not necessarily but we had already decided that next month's going to be kind of a bit of a grab bag not not really but like kind of kind of a little bit what it means is that we can be more impulsive yes <laughs> um and that's entirely it was entirely to like have stop locking us into some plans and that if we're you know at the moment we're both kind of gamer mode i'm like dealing with my my wrist and i'm pushing through to play some fucking video games uh and so we're doing a weird grab bag thing in the stuff we're currently interested in yeah uh is kind of how it ended up working out yeah uh we have one more uh episode we have to schedule very soon but after that with open road uh, we have maybe two. We don't know what the other one is yet. Let's talk about that off the air. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, that's it for video games. We, we now return to video games <laughs> after a musical uh, break. 
after some sick jamming 80s tunes. game club this month is snatcher uh, which is <laughs> which is a uh konami game from uh hideo kojima directed by naoki matsui um from okay so the original release of this is for the nec pc 881 and the msx2 that came out in 1988 we are playing the sega cd version that came out in europe in 19 in, in 1994 america in 1995 um, which is the primary English platform for Snatcher. A brief thing before I tell Jackson to summarize this. Uh, so originally the game came out on uh, Japanese home computers. It was supposed to be five acts, was expansive to the point where they had to cut it down to two because it took forever. It was way too expensive and took, taking way too long to develop. Comes out two acts. Um, then they decide they're going to push the Sega CD version with uh, English voice acting, redo it, get you know, redesign the art, uh, put it back out uh really try to get that american audience and they write a third act that kind of caps off the story um and that's the version that we played um that eventually gets there's also like a like a pc engine super city rom well, version the, the order is the the, the yeah, yeah the original snatcher team make the third act yes. which is like based off of sd step well, we're not gonna, not gonna say, but they <laughs> we're not we're engine. not covering sd snatcher at all but sd snatcher yes. is like a it's an rpg snatcher game that has like a third act and they use that to build the cd rom games yeah and then which is also slightly different but um the pc engine game has the third act that yes. is the basis for the sega cd version which yes. is translated but like by a different team yes um and then there's like a playstation saturn version which well, continued yes. to make which are just kind of ports of this one that look yeah. worse honestly look wor- i was looking at the, the uh, visuals like that i think the sega cd 
PC Engineer is the peak of it. There's, yeah. I mean, there's bits where you're like, this PC88 stuff, nothing looks as good as like a, the fucking dot matrix screen they've got going on here. You're correct. You're um, correct. <laughs> but uh, outside of that, there is the version looks fantastic. There is an, I, I, there is, I'm pretty sure an English patch for. I assume it's the PC88 one. I don't actually Not remember. only is there an English patch for the PC88 one, there is genuinely a backport of Act 3 that came out last year for the PC88 version Holy in English. Holy shit. That's incredible. Uh, um, I, re- I wanted the Sega CD one because I've never actually played, outside of Sonic CD and like collections, I've never sat down and played a Sega CD game. Um, and it was it sounded fun. And we get the voice acting. The, the original PC release does not have the voice acting. No, um, and this is like because it's a Sega CD game by Sega uh, in '94. This is like a push. This is this has a budget behind it. It's like a genuinely well translated, well localized video game in an official sense in the '90s. It is not always true because they really wanted a cinematic game to push the Sega CD with. And you know what? Good choice. Didn't work, but it's a good choice. Yes. Um, with that said, it is now time to talk about the story of Snatcher. Jackson, take it away. Uh, so Snatcher is set uh, in the mid-21st century, 50 years after the catastrophe, which is when a biological weapon known as Loose Fat Alpha uh, was somehow uh, just occurred uh, in Eastern Europe and wiped out, like, is it a third of the world's population? Half the world's population? It's some ludicrous one-year war Evangelion numbers. Um, and so that happens 50 years later uh the snatcher threat emerges which are human human robots with skin that kill uh kill people and take their place uh and no one knows why uh you play as gillian seed wife uh wife is jamie seed uh who uh discovered in cryogenic chambers in the um I guess you don't know the crowd. They were just, they were discovered amnesiac in a mission in Siberia, is as much as we get at the start of the game. And they don't remember their past. They are they know they're married, but they don't they don't know why or what's going on with that, and they have no uh, no further information, and so have drifted apart. Uh, and uh, Gillian begins the game going to Neo Kobe City to be a um, a, a junker. Uh, which is the, the team that hunts Snatchers in Neo Kobe, which is where the Snatchers seem to be dominantly located around this time. Uh, and the bulk of the game revolves around your investigation into the murder of uh, your senior Snatch, uh, senior Junker, uh, Jean-Jacques Gibson, who was this close to unraveling the conspiracy of the Snatchers. And the bulk of the game is unraveling the conspiracy of the Snatchers. Uh, as you do investigations, uh, it's kind of racist. Uh, you get into the origins of the Snatchers, um, and it turns out the Snatchers are a part of a Soviet plot to replace world leaders with lookalikes that can control the world. Kind of. That gets complicated in Act 3. But that is essentially what the Snatchers are, and you don't know why they're what they're doing here. But you do know that your boss is a Snatcher, and uh, you've got to go take him out before he goes to the conference and makes the speech that will ruin everything. Um, and you 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 do you take him out, and he says, "Ta-ha! You may have stopped me, but our Snatchers have plans forever." And you look out to the city, and you shoot your gun, and the game ends, and it rolls credits. If the year is nineteen ninety eight, but it's not, it's nineteen ninety four. So instead of that, you get a video phone call. It's your wife. She remembers everything. Let's fucking go. Act three. 
goes 50 times fast forward through the rest of the plot as you find out your past. You were one of the lead researchers on the team, but you weren't. You were a CIA plant onto the Soviet team uh, to stop this snatcher plot. Um, and while working on this double agent role, you also fell in love with Jamie uh, and you both had doubts over the direction of this project. Uh, meanwhile, uh, what's his name? Elijah ran um elijah Ma madnar Ma mad modnar uh sorry i get confused because dr petridge madnar is from metal gear and they're the same yeah character, but it's all but it's really important that you get the vowels right because it doesn't work backwards if you don't <laughs> right because one of the characters is called random hajil he's a snatcher that is has free no he doesn't have free will he's been programmed to be a good guy this is good this game's not about robots and free will despite being a blade runner riff not even slightly about that um Anyway, the bad guy is uh is him, um Elijah Madna uh Modna, who has uh stayed alive, didn't go into cryogenic sleep as long, um, and has been working on this plan to be the strong man that takes control uh of everything. He has modified the plan from the original Soviet plan, which was about the original Soviet plan was about making a gas weapon and replacing an entire nation with snatches overnight this seems inefficient and really stupid i would not approve this plan or its budget ever uh bad way to control what do you what do you even get if you're trying to control the world and you're like well, i want to replace this entire city including all the poor people with robots ooh, ooh. bad use of resources which i guess elijah agrees and decides to replace just the important people with robots so they can rule over uh, all of humanity and lead them to a better age uh now that they can rise above conflict it's the, it's the anime it's the, the plot again he does the plot i feel like you spent more time on this reveal than the actual game does at this point so that's not true it's a 30 minute cutscene. <laughs> it's true because i haven't even got into the bit where he's also got a long-term crush on jamie and that's like the the thing that he's mad that he got cucked or oh whatever. he got cucked by the cia <laughs> he got cucked by the cia because he, he starts out he's like i got cucked by the cia uh, i got cucked by you but it's also the way that you you being from the CIA cucked me like America cucked Russia and I'm like okay okay dude anyway he gets blown up by uh, Metal Gear Mark 2 who's uh, by the way you've got a Metal Gear Mark 2 uh, just it's like just the MGS one from Metal Gear Solid 4 yes literally the same you've thing you've got a little Metal Gear that's your buddy and he helps yeah. you out uh, and he launches an orbital laser on the church that you are in uh, where there's a secret hideout and takes out the snatches and everything is stopped uh, the day is saved you leave uh, to go to Moscow to the like actual actual base uh, to take out the remaining statues, uh, but you will return to your wife and also the various hot women you've picked up throughout the game because you have a harem even though you're not actually like that. I don't know. It's weird. City Hunter vibes. <laughs> um, but that's how the game ends. That's the plot. That's true. Uh, the game is a uh, menu-driven. Uh, adventure visual novel in the yes. japanese mode um like the i'm pretty sure the pc88 game just has like a bunch of no that's not true it just looks like it, it has a text parser but it does not you pick numbers no it's so. it, i mean it, it has a text parser in the uh it is controlled by a text parser yeah uh abstractly but the thing you're putting into the text does one two three and four because yeah. it's got a menu at the top right of the screen yeah um but this is in the mode you know made famous by uh um portopia yeah portopia serial murder case i couldn't think of the entire name um and became one of the major subgenres of japan most of which has not made it over here um so yes. this game landing 
in America in the 90s and even through today um, is really singular, even though it is of a huge subgenre that mostly is untranslated to this day. <laughs> yeah, like this is a, a massively important subgenre of video games. Yes. Um, of which Snatcher is not even like close to a foundational text of. It's it's influential. It's not a non-foundational text. Yeah, no, I know. It's like it's like big, but it's you know, Protopia came out years before any of this shit. Yeah, yeah. But, Protopia is a bigger deal, but um, Snatcher's not enough. Snatcher was very influential as as one of them. Yeah. Um, if you listen to the summary and thought, man, that sounds like Blade Runner and Akira and Terminator put in a blender, that's because it is. <laughs> that's because it is. We can't talk about this game without just talking about Kojima. Coming off of Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. Metal Gear 2 had happened, right? No, 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 no. no. This, is, this is literally coming off of Metal Gear. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know my uh, timeline that well about the 80s. But um, dumb guy extraordinaire. Uh, loves Hollywood. Loves not thinking about the things he's consuming from Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and sometimes he, like, falls into making some of the best games of all time. And sometimes he makes Death Stranding. Um and on the on the ways in which games are bad, Death Stranding barely rates at this point. I feel like. I'm talking narratively about the way yes. it uses ideas to tell yes, an interesting like, story. Yeah. I'm talking about the ways in which people are like Kojima predicted the fucking pandemic. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No. He's just taking things from movies. He's always been taking things from movies. And honestly, I miss I miss when he was. This is just so transparently a kid in the 80s because he's still in his 20s at this point. Um, and he's not even director. He's like the writer of this one. Uh-huh. Uh, writer and designer, uh, like taking all his influences and making a thing that is evocative and cool, uh, giving Kojima the prestige title of being a genius. Just, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve that. But I mean, in the other sense, like, doesn't deserve that. Don't do that to him. The games yeah. are good. <laughs> so there's yeah. a bad <laughs> label to put on things that are more. F- they stand alone without that uh, weight. I guess is the the thing I mean. Yes. Um. So, as a video game, did you enjoy yourself? I mostly enjoyed Snatcher. I think I really, I really enjoyed the first act when it's basically just Portopia. Yeah, because <laughs> um, uh, it's got a very expansive mystery, and I mean expansive, not narratively. In, I just mean like they have you have many locations you can go to, and many clues, and they overlap, and you can unlock the different keys in different orders. Uh, like the way you come to certain conclusions about the eating the buffalo and getting the sun cream, um, sunscreen. There's there's and, really uh, interesting mechanical like experiments here that I I mean I'm not like there's so little material that's available when it goes. I've not played a ton of it, but like, um, there's like a bit where you got to meet with a contact and you got to go to a big area and you go there and he's he's he, you have to wait for him to show up. He's not there and you just can like look around and like ever there's like a hidden clock of like when you look around eventually he will show up i the first time i did this i i contacted him gonna meet him and then i went to my apartment instead and did all the stuff with uh my ex-wife where i called her and stuff so when i got there he was gone i had to call him again and ask him to come back out you can just miss him <laughs> but yeah you can miss him but also while you're waiting you're meant to be looking at one of the billboards which actually has the number that you're meant to use to call a yeah. different clue but which, it also has like six yeah. other things that trigger like if you examine the crowd like in between 12 and 30 times <laughs> yes uh there's just a lot of weird hidden stuff in in yes. the in the vein of like that would go on to be very uh iconic in credit calls. Yes. Um but here they're just more spread mechanically over the various interactions because it's all about different verb interactions. Yes. Um 
And so there's a lot of like feeling as if you could like the space is not actually that wide. There's like maybe like six locations in act one. Uh, there's less in the future acts even. Um, and you know, your, your interactions are not like that much, but it, it often, it gives you the sense that like you could, if you try stuff, things might happen. You don't like, you could, you can press the same point and get the same, like, I have nothing to tell you officer dialogue, like six times at the seventh time, maybe they'll have something. It's really weird how like that unfolds, like a, what feels like an infinite space, even though it's clearly not. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes it's a little confusing. Like, I've tried everything. Why do I not have the thing to do? And there's like a hidden counter. You got to show someone or... the thing three times instead of just once. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes it can get a little obtuse. Yes. But I actually, like, I didn't use it. I, I, I looked at one thing and that was by accident. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I actually, like, it didn't end up being a problem uh, when I got confused. Uh, I managed yeah. to figure it all out. Uh, so, you know. Um... <laughs> While it is can be frustrating, I think that they like nailed the balance, I guess, because I was never, never actually like stopped from progressing for too long. Always managed to figure it out. Yeah. The the most of the Easter eggs are also very goofy. They're like some oh, it's a very goofy game. Slap ass anime shit about him like flirting with women. Um, <laughs> there's a bit where him and Metal Gear, it's like Christmas. And you're in the you're just sitting there waiting for Napoleon to show up. And he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Christmas alone. And Metal Gear's like, I'll sit with you for Christmas. And he's like, yeah, that's a last resort, buddy. I don't even like you that much. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit where you go and you get this new kind of pizza that's like, we dunk the pizza in ramen. And when it floats to the top, you pull it out and eat it. And Metal Gear gets one and eats it, even though Metal Gear doesn't eat, but loves it. Um, and then when you go to do it, the pizza never comes back. And he's like, yeah, somebody, sometimes you just get bum pizza, buddy. Sorry. And that's it. <laughs> It's very funny. Uh, all the asides are very goofy and weird. I would love to just kind of kick around in that universe a little more um, mm -hmm. because that's what's fun. You go to a bar, uh, like a strip club this one time, and it, it's like everyone it, – I call it Outer Heaven for the record. Call it Outer Heaven. That's important. Um, and inside, um, in the English version, everyone is a Konami property. There's like a there's like a Simon Belmont and Dracula couple. Um, there's like a, There's like some Contra guys. Um, and you can like examine them all. You can talk to them all. There's like a lot of fourth wall breaking stuff about like, oh yeah, when Contra came out, it caused, it caused a huge controversy in America where they were like, this is teaching kids violence because it tied into like the Iran Contra scandal, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's just like goofy because it's all like in the context of like an iRobot style, you know, back in the day, people thought all these weird things that are currently happening when the game was released. <laughs> um, in the Japanese version, that is all like, it's like. Ultraman and like like aliens, aliens and stuff, yeah, uh, which is very cool. I would love to see what the text is on that stuff. Um, Same, yeah. Um, but it's just like full of weird things to just explore and mess around with, and I think that's what's really fun. Um, but a lot of it is also like Kojima's, like especially in like people in Metal Gear Solid. I think that's the biggest touchdown. You know, how Snake flirts with everybody. Oh man, Gillian Seeds flirts with fucking everybody. Uh, he's, uh, he, it's a bit embarrassing. Yeah. Um, this game's a bit embarrassing about women. A, a bit. This game, this <laughs> yes. Game, oh, oh, it's not really good. It, to the point it definitely, where, like, it's weird because it comes out, it definitely comes out of the mode of like cool guy noir stuff and also like Hollywood stuff, anime and like Hollywood stuff where Kojima just loves like a guy who flirts with all of the pretty ladies in his life, but doesn't seem to like, it's weird. It feels so like performative and i don't mean in a way where it's like 
he doesn't believe in it. I truly believe Kojima thinks it's cool to flirt with all the hot ladies, but it feels like it comes out of like, I do, I do this and I believe in this because this is what the culture is. And this is just how I do stuff. It does not feel Yoko Taro's a weirdo, right? Like the way in which he writes his, like his like sex comedy stuff is deviant on purpose. And I feel like Kojima's feels like a product of the environment in which he is raised. <laughs> that makes sense yeah i mean there's no like kojima doesn't have the thing where like okay in this this in this bit of dragon god 3 we're going to introduce the awful guy who's like yes please kill me and beat me up mommy yes. and it's like oh i hate this none of that exists in, in in this in fact there's like when you get to like there's like a couple jokes about like he calls like a sex line or whatever um there's one where when he flirts with and there's like there's a weird there's like a really bad bit where uh metal gear to dissuade gillian from like hitting on women uh tells him that he scanned this woman and and his scans show that it's a man actually it's like a whole like trans panic bullshit thing um and then when when he like runs away he's like oh yeah i was lying to you you fuck up um all that stuff feels so like just like like lad comedy shit like it's yeah, so absolutely. it feels so old-fashioned and weird but it's also just like deeply, and this is a thing that is Kojima's strength and weakness, right? Just deeply uncritical recreation yes. of things he loves in movies. Yes. He lo- he watches the movies, he loves them, he puts the movies in his video game. Yeah. And everything good about his games is also this, because if it was tainted by like irony or trying to do deconstruction with it, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, so but it, it's, it's it is weird. really funny because it also is about a, um, <laughs> like one of the women is uh extremely aged up to 18 in the u.s release of this video game um not allowed uh, uh, do not post go because the, the content's not changed then yeah. in the video game as written by 25 year old kojima in 1988 gillian seed 31 year old slash 79 year old he's 31 we will ignore the part where yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the 31 year old amnesiac guy is hitting on and seeing naked this 14 year old who is like in love with him even though he's a weirdo who is nothing but rude to her in every single interaction yes um there's a real gravity of like the women are pulled into his orbit as like in, in a very modern sense i feel like they they just get put into like harem characters even though they don't have relationships right they're just like characters that gillian seed interact with flirt with and they go back and forth but they are because of the structure of the plot revolving around these are pretty women you talk to and can have flirting interaction with every so often are put into like isolated bubbles that, yes. so they can never actually in- interact with the plot in a way that would hurt. I was convinced briefly that Mika had to be a snatcher because anything else would just be too predictable. <laughs> um, not- bit where you go back to your office and you find the, the two guys named Benson uh yeah. and benson's the clue he figured out and like it's the snatcher is benson but one of them's like harry benson and one of them is benson cunningham who's who could it be and you like go through half an hour of doing clues even though the first thing she says to you is um oh the uh, harry was he's been investigating something lately and i don't know what he's what he's worried about and then uh the other guy is uh is, is left and like, okay so harry's figured out that cunningham's a snatcher and is onto him but i guess we have to go through the 45 minutes of gillian working that out you know uh so i just assumed naturally that was so obvious that the answer of who sabotaged your uh car when when your car goes off the road uh, oh mika did it mika must be the snatcher uh and no not she's just woman she's just woman that you actually has no influence in the plot at all to the point within actually there's a whole bit where she goes can i come win can i come with you and do the video game he goes no you can't 
You have to believe me on this. It's actually, I respect you too much to let you come to the plot of this video game. And she's like, oh. It's like that bit where fucking Kyrie gets told she can't be in the next Kingdom Hearts in the last Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Weird vibes. Yeah. It's, it's also because, like, your, your character is mostly noted as being a sad sack who's extremely, like, divorced in the way where he's hung up on his wife. Um his ex-wife and like the game's mostly about you two reconciling getting back together because you're only you're only separated because you both have amnesia and it's weird um and uh and so it just makes all the flirting both seem like more pathetic but like textually meant to be harmless in a way that like yes this is just what like heterosexual media is it's like especially the era it's like guys flirting is a natural state don't think about it he is not meant to be a creep this is just what a cool guy does and it's weird it's always weird to come across those works yeah and it's definitely interesting after like playing metal gear right because snake does this as well but snake is so much more centered as uh strange man ruined yeah. by the states yeah i've always Gillian i've always had a like a personal read on solid snake as like an ace character very much performing yes. masculine sexuality Gillian Seed has none of that no like absolutely none of that at all because he's just hanging out with women and being cool yeah um to the point where like you can f- you can feel the four-year difference between acts one and two and act three when yes. in act three they introduce the public actually you're a cia agent i'm like no he's fucking not You've just made Metal Gear Kojima. He's not. He's not. He's not a CIA agent. You, you just did not write that character that was secretly CIA. I'm yeah. sorry. I know all of your protagonists are apparently always the same guy, no matter who you're writing. I've, I've, I remember when you were like, "Oh, Death Stranding. I can do something that's wildly different," and it was the same. Yeah. So I get how this happened here as well, even back in the start. But he's not a CIA agent. It's really funny because, like, Act One and Act Two, Gillian Seed is like, "What if uh, Space Adventure Cobra was a, was Blade Runner?" Uh, just like a goofy guy who kind of sucks, that, but that in a charming describes way. about seventy percent of eighties anime. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But then Act Three comes and he's like actually a badass when he realizes what's going on, and it's very. I'm like, no, you're not. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's very strange. And I was looking things up, and like, Act Two, Act One, and. The PC-88 game, right? the game with the cliffhanger yeah. being better, is not an uncommon opinion. Like, I found a uh, uh, Kamiya tweet, which obviously lol Kamiya these days. Yeah. Um, but a Kamiya tweet from like 2015 talking about how Snatch is really cool. Uh, I couldn't get a proper translation. It was a machine translated and bad, but I'm fairly sure the sense of it was like, Snatch is really cool. And the ending before, which was just ended in the hallway, before before even the phone call, it ends in the hallway. I went and looked it up. It ends in the hallway, and he like looks out into, onto the city and pulls out his gun and is like, the snatches won't be safe for me. Cool Wait, guy. you don't even have the phone call? I assume to end no. on the phone call because the phone call is so it's peak Kojima final codec call, but it's in the video game. I was like losing my mind where they're like, oh, it's our son. It's in the Kremlin. And then someone's like, oh, professor. And you're like, what the fuck? Anything is no, possible. All of that stuff is from the uh, from Act, uh, Act 3, the editions. The, the ending is they don't have the phone call it ends with him in the hallway looking out to the city because that's why the speech that cunningham gives about how like the snatchers will rise again it basically doesn't have connect with the actual plans yes. of the snatchers yes. at all um 
it's just meant to end with the seed of like you don't know who could be a snatcher before uh, this moment i had in my head the opinion that yes the original is probably better but it is the version of my in my head that ends with the still all the like oh professor come to the kremlin this, this the, no. the, the the ghosts of 50 years ago but that's never resolved and that's the version i think is the coolest possible version of this game no that's all new it is it's specifically looking over the city and uh, this is this like, is Ko- the, to me that's kojima being like ah the patriots are the psychic ghosts of the white house I mean, the, the 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 snatchers are. They, there's a bit where he says, "We were born in the bowels of the Kremlin," and I go, "Ah!" But what he means is they actually just made a bunch of robots in the bowels of the Kremlin. Yeah, not not that we are the. You know, there, but there was a moment right where they yes. said that, and my my brain just like explodes because they set the line, but it's the other side. Yes, this is this is my exact reaction to losing my mind. Uh, anyway, the the enjoying the scope of like. This this was a cool thing that ended in an evocative way. Uh, is you know, that's the point of the Kamiya tweet? Uh, and yeah, because Act Three is basically a movie with like three shooting galleries in it. <laughs> They're really bad. I wish it didn't have the shooting galleries. Yeah, I actually like the shooting galleries in Act One and Act Two. In the but main game, is really bad. Yes. Until Act Three, when I'm like retrying this really awful shooting gallery yes. that has another one back to back with it. Yeah, it's like uh, they knew the game was short, so like we're gonna make really hard shit for you to play. Yeah. Thankfully, you can save anywhere, so it wasn't like it was just annoying. But that just means it was a bit that was annoying, right? It's like I'm trying to see the end of the game here. Stop it! I, I get why you put it in because, like, otherwise, Act Three is literally just an hour-long movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I didn't like Act Three at all. Uh, I thought it was very bad. <laughs> I thought the reveals were like genuinely laughable in a way that I find very charming. It's like, oh, this is the, this is the thing you think is like the the button on your whole story. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the high the, the base thematic premise of, of snatcher which i find really really funny in a way that is not true of metal gear because metal gear holds together yeah coherently which is not a thing you will normally hear people say but in this comparison it works because oh, yeah. the uh the the premise of metal gear the what the patriots are who snake is in the middle of that all these these things that will change game to game literally but textually the metaphor holds true right the, the yes. patriots are in charge uh but they yes. just represent the structures of society we can't break except yes. the char- the game in which we break them is bad for this exact reason um yes. snatcher is about the distrust and co- the the conflict in the in all things can can human beings overcome conflict it has that normal anime plot but it's specific specific line of it's it's unique in is about distrust and suspicion uh and will humans succumb to suspicion with just the smallest prod um nothing in the game textually supports that because well yeah because it's about it's about murder robots that are disguised as people trying to kill everyone and he's like you you always the humans will turn on each other yeah but when there's the, no they, they turn on the murder robots i actually think society's doing pretty well but considering you can't you have a non-invasive scan you have a non-invasive scan that you can just do and check if anyone's a murder robot and you can't do it because of civil rights laws which are too strong <laughs> and i'm like i don't I, what are you saying with this i know you don't you haven't thought about this but a lot of the world building goes to, to ways of like you overcoming the bureaucracy so you can correctly non-invasively scan for murder robots yeah and I, in some ways this is just kojima repeating the like you know the dirty harrys of the world right it's like oh, if yes. cops are just able to be cool guys more than they are allowed to by the law they would get more shit done except it's not about it's not yeah. about the like power of the strong policeman no um because that's where the dirty harry thing goes instead this is about like can society resist 
the corrupting forces of the snatches can we keep can can the laws continue to mean something when this element that undermines them come in comes into society is the question of snatcher but the word of snatcher purports the answer is just yes flat yeah it, it, of course it did it did before gillian seed and it did after gillian seed well, yeah, but, i mean the reason it like the reason that's like a question at all is because blade runner is about the idea that like can can humanity recognize the other and accept it and like integrate it or will that always in, instill like a top-down violence that will push those people to the margins and make them suffer because humans can't understand something that isn't them and but that's not what the robots are here <laughs> yeah no the thing is is that blade runner is about robots that were literally a slave class that ran away and became violent because they were forced to, to survive this is about literal murder robots that kill people and steal their skin and then try to integrate in society to bring it down <laughs> And also aren't people. Also aren't people, yes. They're just they are just programmed to be like this. Even the reveal about Random Hajil, who is like the good version of uh the the bad guy, isn't like a I'm my own person, you don't control me thing. No, it's like it's I like, programmed him to be the anti-snatcher. <laughs> right. So he just has the good programming. And I'm like, you any like comments on personhood is it's very even even though there's like a little your buddy is literally a robot that is programmed to be your friend and it it's just not about personhood in the way that all these android stories are yes uh so it's a very strange hole um but there's just a lot of strange uh world building um that reminds me a lot of like when i got very frustrated with death stranding when it had the uh uber drivers just love likes so much that when the apocalypse came they were doing uber driving for free to yeah. no one after the robots took their jobs um and which just like is not materially how any of those things work uh not even like a future prediction where that's just flatly wrong about the reality we live in yes um and there's there's some of that in in the uh the neo kobe world building which is very funny there's like um technology for got so good for for like traffic management that the need for public transport was eliminated so everyone has their own car like flying car that can instantly take them anywhere yeah um and anyone that knows anything about how infrastructure works is screaming at that bit of like that bit of like that's not how that's not it's just weird because it's using the aesthetics of cyberpunk dystopian storytelling but with none of the like actual world building points of how a cyber cyberpunk dystopia work it's not about corporate overreach no uh, it's not about like the state uh becoming too strong in the wake of like collapse and fracturing so like it's not a judge dread situation yeah um it's not even about like over commercialization really um which is like no. the other big part of uh cyberpunk stuff it's like oh everything's just for sale blah 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 but it's it's just it's mostly just normal it's like there's one joke about how outer heaven has its fingers in a lot of different business pies but it's mostly about like jokes about like handing out kleenexes on the street which is just like normal things that happen in japan well they even like there's this the whole and this this is the other thing that like really like came up in Death Stranding is you know the whole bit in the middle of Death Stranding which I don't even if we got to but the whole where you go to people who are off the grid and it's vision of people who like don't like society are like libertarian like um I don't know what the what, what the word for pre preppers yeah uh, and they're like they don't trust this that we're gonna let the society in um and it has that for the free men in this which are like rich people who unplug from society and don't want the id cards but not because id cards are bad and surveillance and here's the things we're giving up it's literally just like i'm free i'm out of the system uh it doesn't actually material because like this is a society where there is like fairly widespread surveillance and like um classification of people into different classes there's a whole north south divide in the city this doesn't really come up but it, it, yeah. there it is there that like the ways in which neo kobe is this melting pot of different uh 
races that have all migrated there due to this uh, ecological collapse is present in the world building, but it doesn't like saw any of this out or say anything with it. They're yeah. just background details as you go around um, 80s Japan in the vein of Macross Do You Remember Love, which is also like on a spaceship, but it's, look, it's all the billboards from Japan, which we like because we're otaku. Uh, it has that kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, there's also the bit where like the people who like the freemen basically are doing homeless person chic, right? Like they, you, you meet a bunch of them standing around a burning barrel and there's like an old man. They're like, Oh, you know, like everyone gives their story about why they decide to unplug man. But you're like, what's his deal? It's like, Oh, his, his, his rich family just left him here because uh, they didn't want to deal with him. And then you can call that guy, you can get his number and call that guy. And he's, and you're like, your dad's on the street dying of exposure. And he's like, Oh no, I'll bring, I'll come pick him up right away. And I'm like, none of this makes any sense. Does even the well burning like bit in the in um the the codex whatever uh J what's what's the name of the computer it doesn't matter uh the big computer database yeah. that's like uh the uh free men are categorically different from homeless who do still exist so there is still like economic um destitution for for many people uh but and it it makes a point of this, there being a difference right there's a difference between the rich people the one off the grid man and the people forced into homelessness uh through uh the economics of the society um but then you don't meet an actual homeless person you just meet some free men doing homeless role play yes <laughs> um and i'm like okay that was a bit of detail you put in um it's very strange because you know all those details are there and in the back third it becomes about the broader societal uh, ideas but for the best part of it it's just kind of like going to a house and a black market and a, a square and doing murder investigation stuff well one of, the, um, one of my favorite i think like genuinely one of my favorite bits of the game is you go to a guy's place who you think is a snatcher and he is extremely suspicious because the cops have come and he's like a former like surfing champion who's become like a drug user right to me I never thought he was a snatcher, even before I went no, to no, his no. apartment. I, like, I know. <laughs> but the game is like about you, about Gillian being like, oh, he's, he might be one of the snatchers. And then really thinking like, you know, overplaying the hand a little, but it's fine. Um, but um, it's just him doing cop shit. Just kick in the door, find a guy who's on drugs. And you, you, you know, you, you, uh, he, 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 he comes out with a gun pulled. You have shoot out of his hand, right? That's him. I think yes. that's right. I played that one a couple weeks ago. So um, yeah, um, it's just like, normal cop shit in a way that i wish the game was a little more about um because like i think i think the first two acts really good about it but the third act just goes full on we gotta wrap this up and i think the broader story is just not not as good as unsurprisingly i think generic anime story is not as good as like very specific cop shit like day to day well it's weird because it's like pulling from blade runner but aside from this one scene where he like roughs up a drug dealer and is like i'm leaving you for narcotics and he's like man don't do that you don't even know who i am and he goes tough luck kid it's how it is on earth and leaves gilly not a noir guy aside from like no. falling into that archetype for this one scene yes um even though that's like core cool to blade runner it's like a noir sci-fi thing yes uh, it's noir sci-fi investigation in this dystopia and it's pulling the aesthetics of that but he's not a like noir guy there's no femme fatales here even though he's hanging out with women all the time they're just not in that that mode well um, you do meet one femme fatale for about five minutes until it turns out she is a snatcher and then you blow her face off that's true you just kill her immediately yeah um it is just very strange uh because it has that like just uh generic like appendix at that point like it's present but it has no function because the things change so much yes uh, 
because the thing I hear about this is this game is so Blade Runner that it's like it's just the plot of Blade. It's just the plot of Blade Runner. He ripped off Blade Runner. It's basically a Blade Runner game, and it's not at all. It's not. It's not about any of the things Blade Runner is about. It has, I mean, like, I get why somebody played that in the '90s thinks that though. Yes. I understand how that happens because it's a game about a, a cop in a trench coat uh, assassinating uh, robots that he has to do like tests on to figure out if they're robots. Yes. Uh, so it has all that stuff, but thematically, what the like robots are and their role in the plot and everything it's saying could not be more different than Blade Runner. Yeah, but movies are also their aesthetics, and it does open on like literally burning fields and flying cars. <laughs> what are the burning fields doing in this? I don't know. Like what? Yeah. Like what? Well, what's up with that? Like, I know what yeah. that means in Blade Runner, but I don't know yeah. what that means here other than you've seen Blade Runner. Yes. <laughs> but then it's mostly about how it's really pleasant in the city on Christmas time, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, one of the funniest bits. So, first of all, I was playing it and I was like, when Kajima must have lost his fucking mind when he saw Pat Labor because uh, of just the, the future cop vibes of all this. Yes. Um, Pat Labor also, I think, much more accurately, like, squares the circle on comedy and noir shit yes uh and the the uh the game the main game act one and two before pat labor the movie um yeah act three after pat labor the movie can't oh help God. but notice the very first thing that happens in pat labor uh in um in act three is literally the fucking scene where they get the map out and overlay the cross lines from pat labor the movie <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just like straight in the video game i'm like ah, it's ah, pointing it's a, <laughs> this came out between the things um was very funny to me uh yeah it's it's very silly um uh oh the other act three plot thing that i this was so funny um there's the whole mystery where you have to figure out using this intersection of of the maps and the other clues that you've got from the rest of the game where the snatcher's hideout is and you're like okay so we've got the moscow clues uh and we have the cloud nine thing and it's probably in this location because there's snow there and everyone goes okay and you figure it out and then you go there and the building just looks like a fucking russian church so no one goes oh it's probably the building that we have that looks like a russian church because yeah. <laughs> they know they know of the, the church and they're like oh yeah that building they're like oh the one that looks like the i am the snatcher base building <laughs> it was seeing the design of the building after like the amount they spent trying to work out where they could possibly be felt like a looney tunes gag it was so funny <laughs> yeah yep it's not subtle right no <laughs> one of my favorite bits about this game is uh like most of the cast is like very is like stock anime guys then you get random Hajil who shows up who is literally the cross between roy Beatty in blade runner and uh sting playing fade rutha and late david lynch's dune you just mesh those two men together and that's random hajil like he's literally okay. wearing the fucking coat both men wear in those movies okay my my uh description was what if tetsuo was a villain of the week on fist of the north star no 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 no. it's way more specific if you look at the these guys' designs in those movies that's just what he did uh, what, do I have a do I have an image? Can I can I get an image of these, okay, these give guys? Me, give me just a second. Talk about okay. some character design while I pull it up. I mean, like he does also look like Tetsuo. He has the fucking red bike from Akira, which is obviously not Tetsuo's bike. Famously, plot of Akira. Um, but like Akira's in the mix as well for sure. So that's why I was going that way. Uh, but I, I don't know the guy from Dune you're talking about. But I do know obviously uh, Blade Runner guy Robbie Eight BD. Um. But he's such a weird character because he he shows up, and he gets like a cool guy intro, and and you're meant to be suspicious of him. Uh, cause... Here you go, pictures incoming. 
Oh, thank you. I can stop vamping now. Oh, is this even Dune? Yes. Okay. Damn. That's so specific. That's such a specific pull. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was also this. Yeah. Because I know that, like, the character design I was told make him look like Akira also. This was like uh, a... Yeah, that, that makes sense. But this is also just staying from fucking Dune. That's wild. Yes. <laughs> Because he doesn't look like the like everyone else is like doing very like eighties anime, and then this fucking guy shows up. Uh, yes. And he just has like a d- very distinct vibe. That's like, oh yeah, you're you're pulling. And it's funny because like all your bosses are like normal, like very obviously like we we took a picture of a a guy who looks like a boss and drew an anime version of him. <laughs> yes. Um, but like Gillian and all the ladies are just like this is what city hunter is to me. I've never watched city hunter. I don't intend to, but if you told me that they were just draw, draw like traces of city hunter characters, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Um, yeah, basically <laughs> just some eighties anime archetypes for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the blue hair lady. Yeah. The blue hair teenager, the, the kind of like, like plucky, but like unavailable office lady and your ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. The three types yeah. of women. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. They didn't, they hadn't invented, it's like, um, you know, uh, in, in Rebuild where they have to add, add Murray in in the 2000s because they have, they've invented a new kind of anime girl to sell people. Yes. There's uh, archetypes that are not present yet because it's only the 80s. Yeah. Uh, but we do hit the big ones. Oh, man, the version of like Snatcher where they made like a Switch remake and there's like a fourth woman. <laughs> it's like to modern taste would be so funny. The Dragon Quest V third wife of Snatcher. Yeah, it's just, just like grumpy Cindere who's like helping <laughs> Killian with his uh, investigation. Yeah. That's that's what's missing because no, no one's Cinderian escape. <laughs> no. Uh, th- th- um. Benson, uh, what's his face? Uh, Harry Benson. He's the closest thing you got. <laughs> he, you're, the the your drunk son, mechanic who turns out son. to be your son. <laughs> this cutscene where you realize he's your son is so funny because he goes, my son? And then goes back to asking law questions. And I'm like, you just, you just learned that your son died 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of you kind of talk around telling your wife for a while there. <laughs> you, you, never tell, you never tell your wife. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like, it, you assume by the time you get to the runway at the very end, she knows, but yes. Well, there's a weird line. I, I, I did assume that she must just know, but there's like a weird line about Harry in that and that he kind of hesitates. So I'm like, yes. does she still not know? Did he just well, it's like, weird like keep yeah, that? It's, it's like, it's in this, the line is ambiguous to the point where I was like, did Harry not actually die or does she not actually know? Neither of those can be true. <laughs> Neither of those can be true. Because, <laughs> especially because thematically the whole thing with um, uh, the amnesiac thing is like we must know the truth because knowing the truth is better even if it causes us pain and makes us dislike each other because we working through that is the only way to a healthy relationship so if the answer is he's shielding her from the fact that us her son died to cause her pain that'd be really bad that just wouldn't thematically line up with the rest of the video game i so mean I can't frabo exists <laughs> well yeah sure <laughs> God, just God, fucking hell! <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a while. <laughs> no, me. Um, yeah, no, it's very funny to me. Um, also, this game ends literally on the Metal Gear Solid Four runway, where that game ends, and uh, Metal Gear shows back up after like getting exploded, and he's been built into the chassis of a Sega CD now. 
Yes. Uh, this is always, it's always in whatever console the, the, the game's been yes. ported to. Yes. Um, Very it's so, dumb. It's so silly. And then you go have Moscow Adventures. It's just like Top Cappy. <laughs> <laughs> just like Top Cappy. You're off to go kill the snatchers. There should have been like a like a credit scene of Gillian like in the snow with a with a Russian hat on. <laughs> I was I went through the credits like is there going to be like a final final stinger yeah, nothing, here? Because no. as a final stinger of Metal Gear, I don't mean I mean the game you made before this. There's a weird yeah. final stinger. Yes. Uh, always was true. Um, but no, this game just kind of ends. Yep. Uh, uh, the yeah, aesthetics... Was... Oh, go, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say, just as much as I was frustrated by a lot of, like, uh, thematic coherence of what it was saying, uh, I really liked the first uh, the first two acts, especially the first act. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, the game does open on a 20-minute cutscene that is the coolest shit I've ever seen. 50 uh, years later <laughs> it's just like screens of terminator robots and and fake newspapers and uh like maps of the earth and this very overwrought narration and it's just like man this is this is the shit this is what i came to kojima games for um there's just a vibe that i love that is impossible it's it, it cannot exist anymore because the thing he's this is the thing that kojima loses when you can just make films in video game engines yes um because you get to uh engines five uh, even four honestly uh and you're just watching movies that are kind of not very good um and they go on too long and they have these like very awkward dialogue bits uh and it can get boring uh and the visuals aren't actually that good uh compared to like the standard of the movies he's aping um which is just like a, his weird position is trying to do cinema in video games very influenced by cinema but also having the budget to do it he doesn't have the budget or technology to do it so he's influenced by cinema to make these really expressive cool montages using single shots using um different like uh interpretive techniques you get the newspapers you get uh title cards you get sick music uh and ridiculous voiceover and it all lines up to create this cinematic effect but you're not what you're not just watching a movie rendered in a video game uh which is the thing with like not just you know magic team because he's the guy with camera video games as a whole lose this they lose the expressiveness of we're doing cinema but in a limited thing because it's video games in the 90s uh you get to fucking you know uncharted and when he gets to a cutscene and you're just watching nathan drake act in a in a movie he's just in a movie that you can play and i like you know i try to follow the game i like a lot um it's not a mode that i always dislike but it requires an incredible amount of money and time for an effect that is just we're emulating looking like a usa tv show yes Yes. (laughs) which is not the same which is much cheaper and much more uh evocative and cool because it just has to be technologically yeah um yeah i don't know if i have that much i have uh one more thing for you though i have some voice actors not a ton of them but there's a couple of classic guys in the japanese cast of snatcher and i was saving this for you i saved some for you mr fredo (laughs) thank you uh so metal gear itself is voiced by mami koyama uh who is the voice of kasilia zabi in mobile suit gundam Yo, lunch in Dragon Ball. <laughs> Man, talk about someone who got done dirty. K in Akira. <laughs> yeah, of course. And Ava in Monster. 
<laughs> There's a character. Um, Benson Cunningham, the chief, is voiced by Goro Naya, who is uh, Captain Okita in Space Battleship Yamato. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, oh, they got the fucking guy. You need an old well, guy. They one second. Guy. One second. Uh, okay. Doesn't have a ton of other credits because his other major credit is Zenigata in Lupin the Third for like 30 <laughs> goddamn years until he died. You know what? They got the guy, I guess. They got the guy. Um, and then uh, the one that uh, our friend Camille had told to me when I was playing the game was like, yo, Random Hajil is voiced by Kaneto Shiozawa. Yo! <laughs> who is Makube in Mobiles of Gundam. Uh, will show up in Metal Gear Solid as the Cyborg Ninja. Um, but we mostly know as uh, Jolliver in Space Runaway Idiot. Everyone's favorite Jolliver. guy. Oh, God. I, I take it back. I wish that they had translated the Japanese version. If, <laughs> if I was in that bit where he's being strangled by the Snatcher and then suddenly Jolliver shows up and saves me. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make a fan edit where I take out every picture of Random Ajil and just put in like a clip art of Jolliver. <laughs> It's Jolliver. He's, he's looking, he's doing all the faces he does, man. Jolliver's if someone could lazy silly. web that one shot where he's in the bathroom and random is there and it's just Jolliver, please do that. Oh, that'd be so good. It's like when we were watching um, Digimon Adventure, every time Devimon's uh, speaking, I'm like, that's Jolliver. Jolliver's taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's weird because like, I think this game's like kind of a mess, and I like I'm I don't like the third act very much. I think it's like funny, but in like a derogatory way. Uh, it's like laughably everything that everyone says to dismiss Kojima is just here in this game way more than it is in most Metal Gears. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I also think most of the game rips, and I'm really glad I finally sat down and played it. Uh, it definitely made me go. I need to play more of these uh, like text, not text pass, uh, verb action like yes. menu menu driven japanese adventure games yes. i really like it uh i understand why it evolved the way it does like because the thing you know um there's true about uh, western adventure games they evolved in a very point and click way so they're very spatially motivated yes. this isn't really spatially motivated. you're investigating spaces but yes. you are motivated through the language of like script writing more than anything yes. yeah um and the way you are to interpret actions is less about like how you are performing verbs in a space, but it is your like. What does it mean for a detective to look at something, or to investigate something, yeah. or to show you're, their badge? You're basically meant to perform the actions of a Law and Order episode, which is really yes. all I ever want. <laughs> yes, it's much more about that and like the ways in which this it, like promotes character expression in these scenes than yeah. it is necessarily about coming to an understanding of the space. Uh, and combining things with other things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe someday I'll play Police Knots now. Yeah, that's my uh, the one thing I'm missing. It has, a, it has an English translation, right? Yeah, you can just play Police Knots. Yeah. Was it the PlayStation version that got that? Yeah. Meryl okay. Silverbug. Oh, apparently there is. They did make a Saturn translation also. Because oh, apparently well. some people think the Saturn version is better. I don't know why. You'll have to let me know. You'll probably play yeah. it before I will. Uh, well, if, if the Saturn version runs on a mister, that might I might do that. <laughs> I was going to say. That happens. Who can say? Um, but uh, yeah, this game's fun. Uh, it's like kind of dumb and a lot of it's creaky. If you're like, oh, I really hate when Kojima's weird to women. Sorry. Don't play this one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, nothing in this game is as objectionable as like everything about quiet is the thing you said that to me a couple days ago and i was like damn you're right though um i said it was more honest the like 
kind of weird harmy horniness yes i find there. i find the like you'll regret your words and deeds isn't it sad that this girl's so naked all the time so much more objectionable than uh guy just likes to flirt with women as like, yeah, a, just like as a, a mode because it's it, it's just not it's not really unique it, it only becomes a point of talking about the in the auteur history of kojima's way of being weird with women but it really is just in line with a lot of other stuff yeah. uh, at the time in, in the genre um whereas you get the it's actually profound that this naked woman uh, who can't talk is jiggling all her tits about in your face in the rain. And you're basically both like newborn babies. And I'm like, the, 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 the quiet takes a shower cutscene is maybe the single most embarrassing thing Kojima's ever done. And he put I, a bomb in a girl's vagina. I don't even mean the shower cutscene. I mean, the I know, but I hate the, it. I fucking base. hate it. I forgot about the shower cutscene. <laughs> forgot about that one. <laughs> The real, real domino meme of like Kojima watches the Terminator to, in order to critique Guantanamo Bay, Kojima makes an audio tape of uh, the child character being forced to have sex with the double agent that has a bomb in her vagina. Like the fucking the way this career goes on and what happens in the middle is like, man, we've been through some shits. Yeah. Never let it be said that Metal Gear Solid Five isn't a huge piece of shit. Sometimes it really is. Never be game over. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we have like a billion questions, so we should probably wrap this up. Right, because we are covering a Hideo Kojima game. So everyone on Earth, email in. Let's fucking do it. like to send us emails you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com uh they can be about anything not just game we're covering um they're gonna be widespread this time i think uh first off we have one from aiden uh i was randomly thinking about the uncovered final fantasy 15 event hosted by greg miller boo i'm that's me editorializing boo, boo. Uh, where they showed off a 15 themed audi r8 announced both Kingsglaive and the Brotherhood anime, debuted that Florence and the Machine Stand By Me cover, and made a huge deal about revealing the game's September release date, only for it to get delayed to November not long after. Somehow, this is still only the second funniest 15-related livestream event. Yeah, not even close. When it was that competition after it hardly out. won. <laughs> uh, will Final Fantasy 16 receive anything close to this level of extravagance in the Rump no. release? No. And if so, what would you like to expect to see? No, it will not. No, I would not. But I do want them to be this stupid about another Final Fantasy game again. Because, I mean, the reason they were doing this is because they've been spent 10 years making it. They had to They had to go all in uh, because Square are just like What that. was the event that Elijah Wood did? That's what I want. The event that Elijah Wood did? What? Wasn't there... Is that the 360 launch event? Wasn't Elijah Wood at that? There's some game presser <laughs> that, like, Elijah Wood was, like, the host of. Was it an E3 thing? Um... 
There was a Ubisoft conference. You, okay, is that what it was? I don't remember what it was. I just remember at one oh, point. Oh no, he know. I'm looking. I searched Elijah Woods E3, and he was he because he did a game for Ubisoft. Oh, that was way later. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like so, no. this was like earlier. I, I have no idea. This is this is something I this is trivia. Yes, I have. 2005. The next Xbox to be re be unveiled by Elijah Wood, serenaded by the Killers. There's an MTV <laughs> half hour special where they announced the 360. I just this image of Elijah Wood with the microphone and also he's pointing. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Um. That. <laughs> I want them. I want them to cast a a celebrity that should know better in a Final Fantasy and then make that celebrity come on stage and announce Final Fantasy 17. I mean, they they had Aaron Paul at this show. Yeah, I know. They should do it again. But they should make... They should make... I want the equivalent, the 2026 equivalent of Aaron Paul to be the face of Final Fantasy 17. Oh, you want them to be the guy in the game, not yes. in the spin-off movie. Because, like, yes. Sean Bean was, like, your dad, but only in the movie. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yes. You want him in the game. You know, want them to get a guy, put him in the video game. Yes. Ah, uh, that's so true. They, they should. The only guy they've done it with is fucking gacked, which sucks. Boring, yeah. awful guy. Actually, what I want them to do is get a four to five person band and make the movie about that band as your party. There you go. Done. Oh, we've got at least 15 you. years. So they do it. They did 10 2, and now they've backed away and they did 15 and now they've backed away you won't get another band final fantasy for a while well, i just mean that's the only way we're gonna get a party is if you can get a group of celebrities together again because this is I, 16 is definitely going to be a game about one guy um and that sucks because i think that's probably the future of final fantasy for the next 10 years um yeah you're probably right i just i wonder what 17 is even going to be at this point yeah um i do i want a video game with a party of characters please please that i can control all of them and they all hang out um, Mary writes in, uh, if you could convince Kojima to direct his next project in a new genre of game and or fiction, what would you have him make? Quality is no object. Thank you so much for including that. <laughs> Quality is no object. Quality is no object. Um, what, what do they mean by new genre? I don't know. What do you want? What do you want Kojima to do? If you, if you could get anything out of Kojima, what would you want him to do at this point? I genuinely don't know. I'm like, I, I mean, like, I want to, I want a game like Metal Gear again. I want a smaller scale action adventure game, survival horror game, maybe. Go do that. I know, like, PT doesn't really count. That's just a normal horror game. I'm, I want some keys and opening doors from my man Kojima. I want to take 2022 Hideo Kojima and send him back to 1994, and he gets a television show. Of of uh, middling in, of middling budget and scope. In which country, please? In America. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Middling budget. Which which celebrity does he get from movies he likes that is willing to do a TV show in 1994? Michael Bean. <laughs> no hesitation. Bam, done. Got it in one. Yeah. Oh, this is so true. I do want Kojima to be sent back in time and forced to make a television show. Yeah, but not like today. I don't want the prestige television Kojima gets to make now. I want him to have to make a shitty, like, procedural Monster of the Week kind of show with Michael B. No, he's making on... like a show that everyone will go, oh, remember the X-Files? There was this yeah. other weird show. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what that's, that's what I want out of him. The exact tier I want for Kojima. <laughs> 
Um, Hilver writes in, I was thinking about the difference between launch No Man's Sky, audience expectations of the game, and what the current iteration is. What game do you think would be most interesting to see similarly iterated upon to try to bring the vision that was released up to the expectations of the audience? Uh, the, ex the example Silver gets is a fable game incorporating the grow a tree from an acorn mechanic or the entirety of Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> Uh, I, I would like them to finish Metal Gear Solid 5. I would like that. I would like so doesn't even have to be Kojima. I would like someone to finish Metal Gear Solid 5. Mm. Um, most people, when they say that, are like, I want the, the hidden story of Act 3. I don't give a shit about that. Uh, I, I want some levels in the video game. Please and thank you. <laughs> um, my my selfish answer is I want, I want Animal Crossing New Horizons to be the game everyone thought Animal Crossing New Horizons was going to be. <laughs> And not like, all right, we've finally added it. Two years later, we finally added in like the museum or whatever it was. The they coffee added in. shop, yes. The coffee Rooster shop. Finally got there, yeah. uh, goodbye. No more updates. Yeah, fuck never you. Never again. Fuck you. You're still going to craft normal ass shovels the rest of your life. I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't. There's I no playing unbreakable years ago. shovel. Yeah. You can't get to an unbreakable shovel in that game. There's fuck no it. point where you can finally just have a fucking shovel. I hate that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's violence. How could they do that to Animal Crossing people? Yeah. Oh, maybe they'll give Isabel something to do in the new expansion. No, never. It's the new, the new. Maybe you'll play a Zelda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, they'll never do that. Don't, don't ask. Never hope. <laughs> never, never dream. Um, um, I think in terms of like failed experiments that I wish had actually given time to develop. Um, I think there was like I still think there was like interest on Spore that someone should have done work with. Mm -hmm. I think Spore is genuinely ahead of its time. That game should have been bigger than bigger deal and had more time to be weird than it was. Unfortunately, it was a terrible game, so it wasn't. It was, yeah, look, <laughs> uh, they should um, finally make Killzone Two look like the Killzone Two trailer. Yeah, um, <laughs> the most swaying, unplayable FPS ever made. <laughs> yeah, God. Uh, Rick writes in, what's your favorite opening title screen in the game, be it for the music, the vibe, or how a voice says the name of the game, like in The Bouncer? The Bouncer! I'm going to be honest, when I hear when I hear someone reference The Bouncer, I think of the Turn A Gundam opening now. <laughs> uh, 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 the Bouncer! <laughs> yeah. Favorite title screen. So obviously I love Halo. The iconic Halo R. Um, yeah. Everyone likes Halo. Uh, Resident yeah. Evil feels like I love, I love, I love it. I love the the God of War theme. <laughs> Reference for four people. <laughs> Fine, it's those funny, four though. people are having a great time right now. <laughs> is the Halo theme? Is that, that, that's the Halo theme. Um, <laughs> um, I, uh, to be obnoxious, uh, my my gut answers are Mario sixty four and Metroid Prime. Two of the most obvious answers in all the world. Yeah, I mean, I have the intellectual associate. Like, I understand it was cool to see Mario's face. Like, I don't care. Uh, I love it. But love it. I'm too young. I messed with that stupid face for so long. And then Metroid Prime just has genuinely one of the coolest title screens ever made. Yeah, Metroid Prime, I do. <laughs> like, it's got vibes for days. Um, Resident Evil guy in any any game. Oh, yeah. He doesn't say the number anymore. And I think... I, it's, a, it's a huge lack. It's a huge, yeah. Um, I also love, I also love the, the zombie sitting up and getting shot. Um, I thought that was cool even before watching you freak out about it on a video that people can find. Really funny. I wouldn't find that video. <laughs> it's so old. Don't it's, worry about it. It's so old. Um, but um, I, mm -hmm. 
yeah, like Pokemon I don't know. title scenes. Basic um, basic answer, but I like when there's a big Pokemon on the screen. And you go. There's no Pokemon. T- they don't do that anymore. They don't really. I don't think Sword and Shield or I, don't think, I think Sword and Shield was just like panning shots of like the environments. If I remember, I don't actually remember. If I, because it's on a Switch, I only booted it one time. You know. <laughs> or you shouldn't do that with the new one because it's got a memory <laughs> leak and a half. Well, I'm not playing the new one until they patch it. Probably next year, actually, at this point. Not not because they think it's going to take the next year to patch it, just because I'm busy. Um, You're busy, yes, yes. Uh, but I like when there's a big Pokemon and it goes... The opening of Pokemon Red and Blue is so fucking cool. Uh, I think I like the Gold and Silver one more, but yes. Um. Yeah, but, you know, one has to walk for the other to run. Fucking uh, Nidoran and Gengar, is that what it is? Coming yes. on? And then... Yes. And then the uh, the first episode of the anime opens yes. with that. And, yeah, it's so fucking cool. The bit where it pulls out, and it's yes. like, check it out. We're a real show. That's maybe the only cool moment in the Pokemon anime for the first 75 episodes. But for the first it's... 400 episodes. <laughs> That's what I meant. But it's really cool. It's a really cool moment when it does that yeah. pull out. Yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, Eric writes in with two questions. What is the funniest video game you've ever played? One. Uh, I, I, so we got this email. And I was like, I don't think I have a better answer than jazz punk. Like I don't play that many funny games. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the few times I'm like, this game is like comedy delivery machine. There are funny mechanics happening here. It's a good one. It's um, a really good answer. It's, it's it, like, you know, um, I think, uh, Stanley parable is also doing this jazz punk's better at the same thing. <laughs> That's true. Um, my like, my like, I get, a, I'm getting away with something. Answer is, uh, I like the season three of Sam and Max, season two or season three. I have a hard time picking between the two of them. But adventure games are just like, there's a script. People are performing skits for you as you click on things, so it feels like cheating. You know, yeah. That's why. I, that's why I went to Jazz Punk, right? Like, yeah. I can go to silly games with some bad jokes in them. Yeah. Um, Jazz Punk's a really good answer for like formally funny um in a way that's good um and you just don't see a ton of that that i think like lands really well um i'm like literally trying to think of like a better answer than jazz punk i'm like i don't think i've got one super mario 2 um it's fine i don't think it's that funny no i I don't actually think that but the fucking bit where the goddamn door gets you i just (laughs) i'm so mad i'm still mad about it i get it the doors doors exit yeah um what is the least funny video game you've played that's supposed to be funny? Oh, I'm, I'm go- uh, honorable mention. I'm not going to list this. I'm going to find something else for Comic Jumper, which I talked about being terrible last month. Still terrible is one of these. Not funny at all. Really wants yeah. to be funny. I don't. I don't have really a good memory of like why did I? What was the last time I played like a game of trying to be funny? You didn't play like Matt Hazard or anything, right? No, I never played Eat Lead: The Return of Matt Hazard. <laughs> um. um I'm like, I'm, trying, I'm going down the list of like, there must be some, uh, like kind of bad, uh, Oh, I've got, I've got, an, I've got an answer that I played in the last six months. Go on, hit uh, me. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, right. You did play that. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I played like 90 minutes and then deleted that fucking awful game off my hard drive is what I did. It was free. You know, sometimes you make bad choices. Yeah, I guess I understand. Not funny. Um, I've forgotten any names of any of these games, but like insert any like uh, modern indie game trying to do like funny dialogue. Not all of them. Not all of them are bad. Some of them were in, but you know, like Golf Story. There's a really unfunny oh, yeah, video you game. You did not like Golf Story. 
I yeah, didn't play I, it because you were like, nah, this one's not it. It's not it. It's not funny. The dialogue's bad. Um, no. But, like, stuff like uh, Y2K, right? Like anything trying to do an Earthbound is... Uh, it's a miracle that Undertale was actually funny and good. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, uh, it's just a, a, a thing that often, like, by vibe, I, I'm just in distrust of because it doesn't always work. Yeah. Uh, Undertale is actually just just funny and good. So crazy. Someone yeah. made it work. Damn. Um, if you can send a prolific game designer from the modern era back in time to develop a game for the late 80s, early 90s consoles, who would it be? Uh, name me one prolific game designer from the modern era uh the uh was not also active then i guess it would just be an indie person yeah because uh, i feel like everyone is chewed up in the triple a machine at this point yes that's true like games don't have superstar directors in that but way, i feel like all the all the designers games. that fit this that i like are just making games they could have made in those co- like there's nothing unique about that i guess uh i can send the hollow knight guys back and they can make a game in 99 i, don't I know. just don't i don't think i don't think they're like, i don't know what they get from that <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't think that's better than the game they're already making you know right like yeah i don't know i don't know who like <sighs> um yeah i don't know this is just a hard one yeah I don't uh, have anyone off the top of my head because I think all the people who are like are interesting and like names I know are just would make the same game they made now, but with like institutional support instead of like by themselves on Steam. Uh, right, it's either indie people who are doing that, or it's just people we know who were there in the. 80s yeah, and otherwise games. it's like Takeda and Tim Schafer, and guess what? They right. made games in the eighties and nineties. I think they fucking rip. So, um, I don't have one. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay um alex writes in um actually played stature many years ago sometime around playing read only memories because i heard that read only memories is referencing this game it was but it was even funnier to realize that snatcher is referencing blade runner except you can sexually harass people in your own initiative um yeah uh, i think this game's fine personally looking forward to the rom sequel then kojima whatever okay here's my thing rom is a game that i really liked but then all the stuff about mid boss being awful that guy being like a fucking awful human being he got ousted but what happened at mid boss did they actually get rid of people or did everything just kind of get quietly swept under the rug because i was i would have to look into it further i remember hearing stuff about the rom sequel also having some fucked up shit going on yes not- that's the thing is i remember hearing uh that guy got ousted things are better now and then i remember hearing things aren't actually as better as people want to think they are now Oh, yeah but i don't but know I, how I'm true not, that is i don't know how true i'm not like connected to it i just yes. know that i haven't played that game and i'm not touching it this is water cooler bad. talk don't don't spread that around i'm just saying yeah, that I, the vibe seems i'm I'm questionable you know i want to know i want to know from someone who knows don't listen yeah. to us if the only thing you should listen to us on is also doing our own investigation we don't know yeah um so i just don't i can't get excited for read-only memories because my memory of that like i liked it i played it when it came out i thought it was really good but I mostly just feel really burned by like that game really turned me on the idea of like, ah, the, the, the good queer games that people vouch for uh, are often held up because they are by people who have power by ex- like using, like abusing that power in this industry. Because people who are popular in this industry are awful to the point where you're like, man, maybe there's just no saving anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Depression. Yeah. Uh, the questions. How much would you be willing to pay for a little Metal Gear guy who would follow you around and make Zoom calls for you? Zero dollars. Sounds really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that in my life. Now, if I can get a, a little robot who could make ramen for me, 
which Metal Gear does not do, but you know, they do get some ramen in the game. That that's priceless. I'd pay any amount. You still have to buy the ramen though. Yeah, whatever. What's the most unexpected place you've ever seen a Terminator? I, I've never seen it. the video game The Terminator. I don't know. In I, like, like I, where? Yeah, where? Where the image of a, a robot man shows up, and you're like, what the fuck? Why? I've never seen a Terminator where I didn't expect to see a Terminator ever. <laughs> you're always expecting to see a Terminator. No, I just don't see Terminators outside of sci-fi properties in either if they are called the Terminator or inspired by and ripping off the Terminator. Oh, there's actually there's actually a really good um we talked about this on Gotham City Limits. You can find exportodd.io. There's a really good episode um about a bunch of robots replacing people they're basically doing blade runner also um in gotham city and there's a bit where they toss who they think is harvey bullock into the bat signal and he gets electrocuted um but he's not actually dead and rises up and his skin falls off and he's a robot man um because you get away with anything if it's robots uh standard practices don't care uh and it's great it's like it was shocking as a kid it's still a really cool piece of animation uh, it's good um yeah uh, i think it's heart of steel um is the episodes uh you can check that out if you're interested in watching batman anime series you should it's really good uh, and then is a life light gun ever worth it I'm, i tell you right now i was looking about getting a, a gun con 3 set up with my mister literally two days ago gun con 3 so here's the thing gun con 1 and 2 need crts the gun con three oh. uses uses IR receivers, which the guns are relatively affordable. They're like 30, 40 bucks. The receivers the, or, the weird orange one, right? The yes, orange one from Tech yes. Four. Yes. The the receivers are incredibly expensive, but you can very easily solder your own. It's just like six LEDs and a resistor and a USB power lead. Um Oh, it's like the the sensor bar for the Wii then. Yes, but you can't use the sensor bar for the Wii because it uses a slightly different wavelength of light. It's not they don't work together. <laughs> It's very annoying. No, you just need a specific kind of light emitter. Yeah. Um, and then I could then I could play any light gun game on my mister, which normally like you could still do with like a mouse. They mister doesn't care. You can use a mouse and it'd be fine. And I, I will someday probably do that with some games, but I could go down this road if I wanted to. Um, otherwise, I, I don't I'm not an arc, I was never arcade kid in the way where like I'm like really enthused about light gun games, but they, they do seem kind of cool. I don't know. I do. Time Crisis uh, 2 or 3 are high on the list of if I could have an arcade cabinet. I'd get a fucking Time Crisis. I played a lot of Duck Hunt as a kid. That's it. The, the Zapper is my main thing. <laughs> uh, end of anecdote. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. it. Uh, Gary writes in, I was listening to the newest episode of More Civilized Age about Andor, and it Austin talks a little bit about what, the difference between watching something while taking notes or critique it versus just sitting and watching a show. I'm curious, what process do you use when playing a video game to cover it on a normal mapping? Do you use any kind of active note-taking, journaling, or taking screenshots for reference? Or do you just play through as close to normal as possible and go off your memories? That one. Yeah, I don't take one. notes. I take uh, notes for Gundam because I'm reading a formal summary that I write for the episodes. Outside of that, I never take notes for our podcasts. I, I probably yeah. would be a better podcaster if I did, but I'd like doing this job a lot less. <laughs> And I'm willing to uh, sacrifice one for the other. We just don't do the thing that AMCA does. Sometimes I listen to AMCA and I get real uh, jealous is the wrong word, but it's a little bit jealous. I'm like, this, this there's, like a professional, there's like a professional insecurity. It's like, a, I, gotta, I gotta bring it. They're bringing it, I gotta bring it. Um, and generally we don't do the same kind of like scene to scene breakdowns yes. uh, in the way that AMCA 
uh, does. That's the thing that notes are really useful for, is like, this scene has these kind of shot in it. We can talk about this and break up what it's doing there. We tend to do more broad level, like, thematic, just like, wandering conversations. Yes. Um, if we were doing things more specifically, I'd be taking more notes. Uh, at the times I have taken notes, though, usually what I do is I go through once, just to go through pure, then yeah. I will go back and take notes. Yeah. Um, because I... I need, especially if it's a, if it's anything narrative, um, I need to just watch it first. I I I can't take notes first time because I need to be in the experience of the thing, feeling it emotionally happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I just it doesn't really work. The, I guess the alternative was when I was pausing every ten minutes to make fucking blog posts with Metal Gear. I, I'll never do that again. What a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah. I um. It's weird because, like, for video games, not really. Snatcher did not need require this because Snatcher is pretty straightforward. But often, uh, I play the game early, and then I watch. Like, the thing that happens like the week or two weeks before we record is I sit down and I start watching like speed runs and video retrospectives and like look for articles, whatever. Rarely articles anymore. I'll be honest. Video game writing is not what where my interest set is at this point. Just to see what like normal people, how normal people have experienced the like legacy of this video game, and I find that really educational and interesting i like doing that um yeah for snatcher also- that mostly meant um looking like i i watched a bit uh i actually ended up watching like an hour and a half of the uh msx version because i think it looks sick as hell <laughs> um um at like double speed right like i was just like oh let's, let's just watch this for a little while it's kind of cool um and um and that that was mostly it like a lot of the writing about this game in particular i think is not especially interesting it's like oh you've not you've not you're a video game person you've never watched an anime or seen a movie before so you have nothing to say <laughs> um i would like more people seeped in like film and anime culture to play this game and talk about it because i think that's more interesting um leads to its own problems but i think they're more interesting problems than um film hmm. people are already weird about kojima but <laughs> yeah it's, it's just like a weird curiosity game you're not going to get yeah. the audience yeah. um that you'd expect for because it had the kojima legacy but it's a weird yeah. adventure game so people come with expectations yeah. uh, i mean the real thing is i just i just wish there was more crossover of because the, there's there's so much text to translate in all of them it's a hard thing to do to localize one of these games that's why there's not yes. really fan translations of them as compared to a platformer right where you yeah. just translate whatever few cutscenes there are um it's just a massive hole in uh western games culture is this era of adventure game yeah, so I, a couple of months ago, I played a little bit of J.B. Harold Murder Club, which is a, uh, God, that was a, I was playing the TurboGrafx CD version of that uh, on my Mister, which is one of these, uh, it's much more primitive looking in terms of like art and aesthetics. It has full voice acting in uh, in the this version because it's like a port after, five. there's originally a PC-98 and MSX or whatever game, um, but it's just like Snatcher, but instead of what if there was a big city map of everyone's houses in the town like it's dragnet when you go to different locations instead of going to your car and like picking from six what if there was like 30 and some of them were just like the 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 university or the church or this guy person's house or this person's house um but otherwise it is basically the exact same game except there's no action uh it's just interviewing people getting more you get a little clue and then you get a new thing you can ask someone about just like snatcher um and seeing that because like I played Portopia a couple years back for Null Not New, and that was really elucidating for this type of genre of game. But that feels so different in that it's like a strict adventure game. It has like a maze sequence. It's much more like narrow because of its age. Um, but playing Jimmy Hero Motor Club, I literally had to stop because I was like, we're going to play Snatcher soon. This is just Snatcher. I know enough to know this is just Snatcher. And just like as I've been exploring more like visual novels and adventure games, 
realizing that there's just dozens, if not hundreds, of these games, right? Yeah, it was a massive genre. Yeah, um, and so it's hard to like bring because like this game is always held up as like before before he made Metal Gear Solid, he made this cool weird thing, um, in the way that like singularly rare translations of Japanese games get oversold. That has just happened to Snatcher, but representative of like a whole genre that just mm-hmm. nobody knows about. And it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, so including that, yeah, I don't really take notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, um, so I don't do that. I'll say if it's a really important thing, I'll have prepared some notes, but I'll usually I've made them after the fact. If it's a, if it's a game thing, I'll usually make them like watching someone else let's play because yeah. I already have my memories of it, right? And I can go through and watch someone else play it with a different perspective. Yes. Uh, and um, take different notes. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I, definitely like do that. I can't think of the last game I took notes for. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I've I've taken more notes for like I've done it before, but years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like now, if I the podcast I'm taking notes for like a Gundam finale, right? Like a yeah, uh, an important episode. Where I'm like, I want to hit these beats. Um, want to get this stuff done. Yes. Uh, you know, if this, if this is a movie, I'm really nervous about covering. Yeah, uh, I'll prepare my thoughts ahead of time. Yeah, we're mostly just winging it. <laughs> yeah, feels bad to say. Uh, I think we do all right. I think it's like part of the vibe that I think of what we're selling is like, we are having the conversation that we keep stopping ourselves from having in the lead up to recording the podcast. Yes. Right. People are invited in to listen to us do the thing we would have done. Even if there was no, we wouldn't go as long, obviously. And if you spread over like a week instead of like sit down and do it for three hours. But, um, uh, this is just what we do. (laughs) This is how, this is how I talk about everything. You're getting the unfiltered experience of that yeah sure are um anyway crystal writes in um what cluster of movies released near each other would you most want kojima to take inspiration from for an adventure game for an adventure game yes i want like a jurassic park thing I don't have other movies around Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. You're allowed. Um, I'm just saying that in 1994, we got Forrest Gump, True Lies, Speed, and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Those movies do not coalesce in the way the uh akira blade runner and terminator are like no but what if someone was like these four blend (laughs) the worst the worst game in the world that i probably still like despite everything exists suddenly my god i i want the i there's so many guys who like saw alien or robocop and was like this is this is my whole deal now i need games to get this for like very mid romantic comedies where the fuck is that Oh, where's my um? Uh, You've got mail video game. Yes, yes. You've got mail is not mid. You got mail is a great movie. You shut your fucking I haven't, mouth. I haven't even seen it. I just talking about the caliber yes. of the way people talk about romantic yeah. comedies. Yeah. Where's those references? Uh, I mean, you know, you know the answer. This before yes. someone starts explaining, you know, you know I why. Know. <laughs> I don't need anyone to tell me why. I just am demanding it by the universe. Hmm. Um. Hero writes in, uh, thoughts on Snatcher, including a number of references to Kojima and company's previous games from 1987, Metal Gear 1, 
Uh, Cunningham mentions Foxhound, uh, Petrovich, Madnar, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Kojima is full of writers' tendency over the years to not just reference a whole bunch of movies they liked, but also their own previous works. Do you think it's fun? Or do you think the fixation on referencing even themselves is detrimental to the other aspects of the script? I think it's fine, but it's a little silly to do it when you've made one game with like <laughs> 400 lines of text total in it. <laughs> it's, I find that one really charming because... Um, I I don't know what Kojima's version of this is, but I too like read Stephen King and watched Tarantino movies and was like, it's really cool when you leave the seeds of connected world together. This is before like cinematic universes existed, so it was much more charming and like bottom up than like Disney wants to do this with everything you've ever watched or experienced. Um, I mean this this game's still kind of a sequel to Metal Gear. If you if if you want to take it as it was written at the time, this game's a sequel to Metal Gear. Like. The yeah. Metal Gear incident happened. Uh, the Dr. Pedridge Madnar is from Metal Gear 1. Uh, once Metal Gear continues and it develops its own canon, that can't be true anymore. Um, yes. But as written, it, this could just be a sequel to Metal Gear. Somewhere the Vega Brothers movie happened, is what I'm saying. <laughs> he, it was way too late, even when he was talking about <laughs> no, it. No, it was so late. <laughs> he was talking about it in like the mid-2000s. Like, you need to yeah. make this by 97 or you were out of time. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I think it can be charming. I don't know. I think I think the modern cons like consumption and commercialization culture has ruined this thing. But I do. Maybe it's just like my age. I do find it charming when it comes at, in like this era, and I don't find it charming when I feel like the icky hands of Netflix trying to do this or something. And that's I don't. That's the difference. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Alex writes in about game merchandise. I remember the first time I ever looked for stuff during my mid-teens Final Fantasy obsession, and they were just selling jewelry for hundreds of pounds that I really wanted and I'm glad I didn't get. Uh, but game, game games merch has never really appealed to me. How about you? I have a nice Imaragi Generation poster framed up. I just bought a Hollow Knight bag. I'll probably never use, but that's all. Uh, this is funny because we have very different realities of this. Well, I have basically zero much. I have... So much merch. <laughs> uh, I have like some K on Nendos. It's not video games, but like just in my broad merch life, I have some K on Nendos and I'd like to put up some posters, but I still haven't done it. So I'm very merch light in my life. You, however. I looking where I'm sitting at my desk right now, I can see my Banjo Kazooie amiibo. Um, you don't even like Banjo Kazooie. I, I do. What are you fucking talking about? I like Banjo Kazooie. I don't like. You, you don't dislike Banjo Kazooie, but I'm like, oh, you're never bringing up all oh, my Banjo Kazooie fandom. Well, okay, let's circle back around that. There's a, there's a, there's some postcard art of Mega Man. There's some postcard art of Splatoon. Um, there is a Luigi Nendo. There's two Kirby figures. They're not Nendos. They're just like plastic figures. There's the Skull Kid I got with my uh, special edition of Majora's Mask 3D. Um, that's all I can see right now from where I'm sitting. And I'm facing a corner in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a lot of figures. I have like some, I have a lot of art. I have a lot of vinyl. I have like almost every Castlevania vinyl that's been released in America. I have, um, cause I, I Castlevania is fucking cool. Um, <laughs> that's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. I, it's weird. Cause like, I don't, the modern perception of like what a like a super fan is right i don't fit that like I, I don't really talk about the things i'm like really into that much um in this way where jackson's like you don't really like banjo kazooie and it's like yeah my personality is not like i'm really into banjo kazooie but i saw the amiibo and i was like yeah i like banjo kazooie i'll buy that for 
13 dollars whatever um mm-hmm. and i keep it on my desk and i like seeing it because the bear and bird are cute i don't know um i have a lot of affection for that game but in a way where i don't ever feel the need to bring it up um and i like collecting like one or two objects from things that i find really like you know meaningful i don't know like i have i have every hollow knight vinyl but i don't have any of the figures um i have a big katamari bag i used to use um i switched to a backpack just because um it was very floppy it's like the big duffel bag that fan gamer sells i have a lot of fan gamer merch uh and like yeti t-shirts uh <laughs> about video games um and uh yeah it's just always i, I just always like like i want i want stuff that i feel good about and um for a long time video games just weren't merchandise at all so there's like novelty to that for me um the first cd i ever imported was the soundtrack to killer seven and i was gonna get the final fantasy ones but they were always so expensive that i never did and now i I would not do that but i still have that cd it's on my shelf uh i can yeah i can see from here um it's great because i was like oh that's not online because no one gave a shit about killer seven in 2003 or 2004 whatever um so i paid like 70 dollars to import the soundtrack and uh that was back like when i did not have a job that was a lot of money um uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've always been a person who likes a lot of uh, merch. I'm like pinned out, right? Um, and I don't, they don't make Amiibos anymore. But if they did, I kind of got over buying them. I have a lot of them, though. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, I have like some Nendos and stuff. I just, uh, there's a lot of things I like normally. I just, I feel like the the common way people are expected. If you're into, if you're into like Nintendo, you're a Nintendo person, you have like 600 nintendo things i'm like i love nintendo i grew up with nintendo i have like 10 nintendo things and that's enough i'm fine i don't need more if there's a new cool thing i would get it but most of the things they get are either too expensive or kind of cheap and bad and i'm coming around to your house i'm counting i'm coming around to your house i'm counting i guarantee you you'd have more than 10 nintendo okay if you're not counting if you're not counting the amiibo which i'm not here okay oh you mean the 50 nintendo things you have not but that could be you could you may have 20 amiibos i don't actually know i would i would guess around 17 amiibos that's my guess for your amiibo count um i would have to go into the living room to count them i bet i i've given some away to people who like destiny's okay. got nephews who are like oh we can't find the splatoon amiibo because they're like 800 dollars." so i'm like i bought these when splatoon came out and i don't i don't care you could have them, you know oh um, i need the splatoon rewards I think I gave a friend a Shulk amiibo because I got that because I thought it was really funny that there was a Shulk amiibo because who the fuck cares about Shulk? That was and real then, in demand for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then that got really expensive. And I was like, I don't, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna play this. And then gave that. Who'd away. you give it to? Did, did were you like coming down from the fucking mountain giving this person like my 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 Shulk college amiibo? roommate is a big Shulk fan? Not really, actually. I I do think he's played all Xenoblade now, but he really likes Shulk. Uh, and and I was like, yeah, I have one. You can have it. I don't care. Uh, like i kept the bayonetta ones i kept the mario odyssey wedding set i think those are really cool um they're nice especially for the price they're incredibly well-made figures um i the uh the bowser amiibos the only amiibo i have i have i have a bowser amiibo and a kirby nendo wait what about the what didn't i give you the 2d zelda do you not have that oh the 2d zelda there it is right there (laughs) yeah yeah i got yeah i got 2d zelda bowser wedding and uh nendo kirby yeah I have three separate Link Nendos. <laughs> um, and a Zelda Nendo and a Link like Figma. The worst part is they all have exclusive Breath of the Wild content. All of them. Well, not the not these ones. Not the ones I'm talking about. 
some of the, the, the Nintendo, the, 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 uh, Nindos. Nindos and oh, the Nintendos. don't have fucking nothing. Oh, yeah, sorry. No. I, I thought you said it either. Yeah. I was no, no, no. focusing almost two and a half hours. No, um, I do have all the Breath of the Wild. No, I have all the original set. I don't have the champions. I never bought the champions. Uh, that's not you true. Have I have an Urbosa right? one. Cause I think well, that's because cool. it's too funny. That's different. <laughs> She's that cool. doesn't count. Um, but I, 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 she is cool, but that's not why you have the Amiibo. <laughs> That is why I bought the amiibo, actually. Because um, she's Come my favorite on, of the Do you team. mean the hilarious fucking amiibo with the big column? Yeah, I mean, it's that one, but I, unlike you, I'm not juvenile and don't think it's that Yeah, part. come on. No, no, no. You don't get, oh, look, you, I don't find the fucking amiibo where. Uh, I just don't. I, like, I'm not here to say her. I'm above it. I'm just saying I don't care. <laughs> That's the actual answer. But no, the thing, the thing that, what had happened was. Um, I got the Wind Waker set of Link and Zelda as a duo. I mean, they, they were separate releases, but I got both of them. I got the Majora's Mask one because it comes with a bunch of masks and it's cool. Um, and I got the Breath of the Wild one because it comes with a horse and a hood and stuff. And that Link is very cool too. Um, and then I got the Figma of the Link Between Worlds Link because it's the coolest design Link's ever had. It is a pretty fucking cool design. Um, anyway, this I'm telling you, I just like getting stuff and uh, I'm an adult and I can do it and I do. That's all. I've lived in this. I don't move anymore. That's the thing that happened is after my 20s, I stopped moving a lot and then I started getting stuff. It's really hard to get stuff when you move a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I had more stuff when I lived at home, the home I grew up in, right? And then yeah. I haven't moved in four years, but basically the entire time I knew you, I was moving every 18 months. Yes. Yeah, there's a period um, before I knew you where I also had that. And there was a point in my life where I was pared down to like three boxes and that was everything I owned in the world. Um, and I it's definitely, definitely had less boxes each move. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's what happens when you move a lot. You just like, fuck it. I don't need any of this. It's much, too much of a pain in the ass. And now I've lived in the same place for like over a decade and I have a lot of shit. And someday I'm going to have to move it. And it's going to be miserable because all of it's too expensive to throw away now. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Um, anyway, uh, that's my story. It's dumb. This is my story. Yeah. Uh, the one thing you do have that I would have if I could uh, is uh, those... Um, Metal Gear Nendos, which were off the oh, yeah. they're out of stock when I was uh in the market, but that's yeah. Solid Snake Nendo you've got. I so yeah, cool. I have I have Snake and I have Raiden. I don't have Punish Venom Snake, which is a Nendo that came out, but I never cared. So I, oh yes, I don't care about that one. I want Metal Gear Solid Snake. Yeah, um, I have them standing uh, together. Snake smoking and Raiden's got his sword out, and they're cool as hell. I love them. I would I would have some uh, Final Fantasy merch if it wasn't dog shit. Uh, yeah no that here's the thing is i love final fantasy but square enix has fucked this up so royally by not putting out merch of things i care about or they're always way too expensive and look like shit well they're always um, figmas or what's the, what's the one they own play arts is it what's yeah it play arts yeah play arts? They, they, like, they mostly look yeah. bad they're like wait they're like 50 times 50 percent more expensive than the like competing figures and they don't look as good like it's like who gives a shit they're bad quality. They're too expensive. I bought the Live Alive model kit, which I have not put together yet. And they just announced the pop-up parades of, like, the Bravely Default characters. And uh, our friend uh, Casey uh, has been playing Bravely Default. And I was like, man, you know what? I do love Agnes, is the thing. Agnes is cool. Yeah. Um, Bravely Default is weird because, like, I played it in, like, a week and a half. And I don't really think about it that much. But it... That game is good. They made a they made a Final Fantasy on the 3DS, and it's fucking incredible. They should have called it Final Fantasy, whatever number. It was. They, they should really should have. There's no reason they shouldn't. They could have done that. 
the world in which they were just more liberal with the numbers we're just like yeah, yeah this one's Final Fantasy 6 17 you know we're just on 30 right now but you've given them to various RPGs that of whatever quality yeah um, I think it's much better people will be really annoyed that the number doesn't mean anything anymore but yeah. it doesn't need to mean anything it's fine we have an anonymous email here. Uh, I'm not going to read it out, but uh, you have a very good uh, email address. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> Kojima originally saw the way into film production for landing a job at Konami, and we know from numerous interviews that he hopes to direct a film someday. First question. Well, you better hurry up then. What film would you want to see Kojima direct? Second question. Is there a game industry person who should have sought a career in film instead of what they have done? My answers are a Doctor Strange Love remake and Ken Levine. Ken Levine oh, would have been Kojima. bounced out of film so quickly. He did. He, he was making that um Oh god, right. That thing, remember? Yes, I forgot about that. Running not running with the running man? No, it was Logan's Run. Logan's, Logan's Run. Run. Sorry, I was getting confused. It was, it, was, it was a remake of a running sci-fi movie. Yes. Ken Levine could, is not the person to make a Logan. Man, Logan's Run's good. Uh like I said, I want Kojima to do bad television from long ago, not a movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we need to do one of these days? What? We need to bring it upon ourselves to watch those almost certainly terrible uh, Arno movies that he, he made. That one where he's like, I'm going to make a low-budget movie about suffering artists trying to fuck young girls. Um, I don't want to, but if you if you insist, I guess I can. You got well, to turn the content somehow. I'm just... Oh, I didn't. I didn't need to talk about. It. I was like, "That's just a thing that hovers over us." Over the guy we talk about. You put it on. You put it into a live mic, and now I'm like, "Well, that's a beach house, I guess." If we do that. Oh shit! <laughs> I locked us in. We can no, just not whatever. do it. I'm happy to not do it. <laughs> I I meant to say it with more hesitancy than you being like, "Well, you said it out loud." Now, well, I guess whatever. Move on. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Modern Rights in. Sega CD version of Snatcher was made specifically for the Western market. It was never sold in Japan. To be fair, they backported that thing to like two other consoles. So, and it's based yes. on a Japanese only version for, uh, like whatever, Super CD ROM or whatever. So, um, mm -hmm. if you had to take an old Japan only game and localize it for the West, but it had to be remade for modern consoles, what game would it be? And the answer, of course, is Protopia Serial Murder Case, but like, in the style of like we've mo-capped a bunch of actors <laughs> oh like just full 3d like Portopia the full naughty dog portopia serial murder case <sighs> troy baker's in, in the studio as troy the baker is young detective <laughs> troy baker is young detective <laughs> troy baker's too old to be young detective who's young detective in in uh I don't know what the young detective name is in uh Port David Sierra Matter case. I don't remember either. I don't I don't know. I don't know who's young and popular these days. Yeah, you know what? That's so true. We're just old. <laughs> yeah. Um everyone's on TV now. I don't watch TV. And no ever if they are in movies, I'm not watching movies either. So <laughs> Um I was the I just meant in video games, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> yep. Um second question. This is apropos. This is not actually relevant to the question. Yuji Naka has been arrested for insider trading. <laughs> Very funny. But imagine if he had been arrested for insider trading because he bought stock of Kojima Productions, knowing Square Enix is about to announce a new installment of a classic JRPG series directed by Kojima. What game is Kojima making? For one thing, um, Kojima would never. Um, no. I mean, I I would love for Kojima just to make a JRPG. I feel like it'd be better than what he's doing. 
What square game do you want Kojima to make? And why isn't it Parasite Eve? Because that's the right answer. Parasite Eve is too easy. It's way too easy. Like it's, It, it sounds easy. right, but it's too easy. The actual answer is Star Ocean. Oh, I don't... I, <laughs> you know what? It's on me. I don't think of that as a Square Enix game. It's a, it's a Square Enix game. It's an Enix game that became yeah, a Square no, game. I know, a Square I know, Enix I know, game. I know, I know, I know. Oh, Twice, you're a different thing. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I, this is on me. Like I said, this is on me. Um, this is a good answer. I like this answer. I mean, the actual answer is... Uh, like, it should be mana... Or he should be forced to make a game with fucking guys in swords, is what I'm saying. He should be forced to do it. He should be forced. Man, I would love to see a Kojima like knights movie or game, game, knights game. We're talking about games here. Like I don't, I don't want to be actual Dragon Quest. That's too goofy. But I want it to be like in the style of one of those. He's making the new Octopath Traveler. I don't know. Like the idea of Kojima getting his hands on Dragon Quest like offended me. I was like riled up suddenly. I was like, how dare you? I I would never suggest that. And also, it's too, it's like too charming and funny. Uh, It needs to be more self-serious. Whatever he's doing. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to make a serious fantasy JRPG. Uh, Kian writes in, there's an element of Snatcher that often goes overlooked in retrospects of the game, which is the ability to use the Konami Justifier, a light gun peripheral developed for the Sega Mega Drive. Light gun implementation is very simple. You plug into the machine during the shootout sequences, you use light gun to aim and shoot to the, drive, the Mega Drive controller. Uh, there's two factors that elevate this into something more. Because you cannot comfortably hold a Mega Drive controller and the gun at the same time, and because the shooting sequences happen often without warning and Snatcher, if you're playing the game in this fashion, you have to literally drop the Mega Drive controller and scramble to grab the gun, recreating the tension of Gillian having to draw his gun from his holster in tense shootout situations. This rules! It's also something that isn't easily recreated through emulation and requires a lot of specific hardware to do legitimately, so it's understandable this element in the games is not often brought up. Do you think there's a way you could effectively recreate this intersection of mechanics with real, the real world on modern hardware? No, for the record. Or is this something you just have to recreate in softer ways, recreating the feeling of this mechanical intersection without being able to use the hardware that crafted it? But this is cool. I'd not actually considered this. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Um, I, I honestly think that there's like having to remember to press X before you can shoot guys is enough of this. Like, I got trapped up. Like, oh, fuck, I gotta press X to pull my gun. Oh, you mean A? Um. I mean, I was using a controller. I, I don't have the Genesis controller. Yes. Like, you, I don't have a Mister with a different emulated specific controller for every piece of hardware I emulated by FPGA because I'm not every, not, not everyone. Just, just like, just, just like, ba, 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 ba. just like ten of them. Just like ten of yeah. them. <laughs> I have a lot of controllers. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm not accepting being roasted on this point. Yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, but I, I think it actually kind of works on the controller. It's not as cool as like, ah, I've got to find a gun. Um, and I think it really works in the game because uh, they're all mostly simple. Like once you get to the part where like you get to that final one, right? And you're going to die and have to do it three times anyway. Uh, the yeah. uh, the effect is lost. Uh, the ones I like the most are where you've only got to shoot them once. Because uh, then just scrambling yes. for it is the challenge. Yes. There's not then a like bad light gun game on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do... Um... I totally lost what I was going to say suddenly. Damn, we've been recording for a lot today. <laughs> yeah, we already had another over hour long podcast before doing this one, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have it. Never mind. <laughs> Whatever. It's cool. It's cool. It is It is a cool thing, and you can't replicate it through modern hardware. Uh, though I do think the button, uh, in, like, you know, the control design on the controller is uh, still thoughtful about this, even if it can't be exact. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, I assume most people playing this game did not have a justifier either. Even at the time, this was probably a rare way to play the video game. <laughs> no. Um, 
but it is neat to be fair. I think that's cool. Uh, oh, I remember what I was going to say, I'm imagining a world in which like, you know, like in like Elder Scrolls, you need to like put your sword away or people get mad at you. What if you could just pull out your gun at all times and like the game was reactive to that? It's really funny. <laughs> they should make a version of that game. that's like that. Um, before we move on to the next email, the one thing I want to say about this game uh, that I ne- we didn't get to in talking about it, um, the door animation in this game, peerless. It's sick. Because if you go to a door, it's like, it's always an exterior shot and you're like, oh, we're going to knock on the door or whatever. You open the door. And so the door is like framed in inset, like a, like, like a Tomino anime, right? <laughs> Just like door in the middle of the wide shot of the building, like in close up. And then often someone will like open the door and you'll see them standing in the doorway and it'll be like framed as an inset shot in the middle of the wide shot. Um, and then when you're allowed into a place, because everyone's usually like, oh, who are you? What do you want? Uh, the, the, the wide shot dissolves as you like quote unquote zoom in as the inset shot expands to fill the entire space of the room you're about to stand in. It's so good. It's like, it's not cinematic. It's like a thing that only really makes sense as like a video game transition between static screens. And it's beautiful. I love it so much. It's really sick. Yeah. Um, Joe's writes in, what are some cool swords from video games? Also, happy birthday, Jackson. It's your birthday today. It is my birthday. I spent four hours recording podcast today. You know, it's a pretty good way to spend a Saturday. Yeah, I'm not complaining. The only reason I did not spend my birthday doing that is because it fell on a Thursday. <laughs> if it had fallen <laughs> on a Saturday or Sunday, it would have done the same thing. Um, is that true? Uh, cool swords from video games. Uh, Nero's sword that you rev up is number one with a bullet. I have such a... I really, I like the dragon sword from Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> yeah, the the gun blade from Final Fantasy VIII. Which gun blade? The, the, gun, the gun blade. You pull the trigger when you hit an enemy; it does extra damage. There's two gun blades. I don't know what you're talking about. The, the gun blade from thirteen could be any. I know you said Final Fantasy VIII, but you always get annoyed at me when I say there's two. There's obviously two equally important gun blades. Yeah, you're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> uh, thirteen gun blades cooler. Doesn't have a mechanic where you pull the trigger though. It's true. Doesn't do that. That bit is cool. It's also not as cool. You. This is just wrong. <laughs> it's fucking like Toku transforming gun. It's sick. Yeah, unfortunately, the game does not utilize it at all. It doesn't matter. Well, that's because it barely has mechanics. Don't I? Don't complain <laughs> to me about this. Um, other cool video game swords. What do I like? Uh, I like the, the big blade. Yeah, you could you could be the keyblade. I like the big stone sword you have to run up in um uh Shadow of the Colossus when the the big on the front of the box Titan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that one's pretty sick. Uh Raiden's high frequency blade, but only in Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh the Buster Sword, but only in Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, fair enough. Don't want the Angeal Law. <laughs> yes. Does is the nail bat a cool sword? <laughs> the longest thread <laughs> of the history of the forums. I just I look at the Crisis Core thing and I feel my body sink. <laughs> Cause it's gonna matter. It's gonna matter. Knowing who Angeal is needs to matter now, going forward in this Final Fantasy VII thing. I I don't want anyone to know who Angeal is. Square Enix has never let story consistency get in the way of making some money off the fans of Final Fantasy. That's so true. <laughs> they did an entire 
a thing that both me and Austin on our podcast are loudly very excited about the possibilities of different storytelling uh, avenues in this new kind of meta commentary way. And by all accounts, the thing they're mostly using it for is to market Zach. We're yes. all fools. <laughs> I'm not a fool. I was like, this is not going to go the way you want it to. <laughs> I've always been very skeptical of this. I've been here too long. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, yeah. Uh, Daniel writes in, what is Hideo Kojima's horniest game? Where does Snatcher fit on that continuum? Google I've heard, I've heard three different auto-reply answers. <laughs> I don't I know. know. Good question. Good question. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I, this is my <laughs> response. Uh, because I've always heard, I, I don't know. This is just like when people talk about it, I always heard Police Knots' references like that game. Uh, but I haven't played Police Knots. So I don't know anything about it. So. I wouldn't be shocked, but like... I, <laughs> but I've also heard you... Snatcher described that way, and I don't think Snatcher's like particularly like horny it has some anime shit in it but like he walks into a girl showering and he hits on a couple women and like you can find that anywhere it's not, it's i not... find it more like annoying as it closes off narrative potential for like just yeah. tropes than i do find it like oh this is really horny it, it um, wouldn't it's not horny under the normal definition but the way in which fucking uh what's 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 um Otacon's yes. dad's name Huey. The way in which Huey and the fucking strange love stuff goes is so much more beyond the pale of anything else that he has done in terms of relationships between men and women. Uh, it's the second worst, but yes. <laughs> Look, we're, we're really, we're really high up there in the air of rarefied air of bad decisions made in video games made by Hideo Kojima. It's yeah. I mean, it has to be MGS2, right? Like, like either it's the stuff in MGS5 that's also backfilled into this same fucking awful plot, or it's the fucking Emma stuff in MGS2. There's, like, there's no other contest for, like, out of nowhere, out of I pocket really weird think, bits. I really think uh, evil mad scientist has a lesbian crush, and then Huey both turns her straight and then leaves her to die might be the worst thing that Metal Gear ever does. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Metal Gear is worse. I'm saying it's more traditionally horny, whereas I would say the stuff in MGS5 is just horrifying. Like, what have you, yeah. what have you done? Strangelove has the worst death a character in Metal Gear has ever had. It's like skin crawlingly horrifying. It would... And that's like, we, like Paz exists. We know. We we've we've seen it. No, yeah, this is way worse than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a way that would be like effective if it was like doing doing it in a, if a Silent Hill game did something like this, right? It'd be like horrifying in a horror movie way. In Metal Gear, it's just gratuitous and awful. And like you've just ru- the one gay character in Metal. No, I guess Vamp exists. The second gay character in Metal Gear. <laughs> he's not a vampire. He's just bisexual. <laughs> it's sometimes I have to consider why I have any affection for Hideo Kojima at all. I have so much affection, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Byclops writes in. Uh. I love Metal Gear. Came back at the end. Game attached to Sega CD. What console would you like to be reconstituted to in the event of your demise? Ooh. Uh, PC Engine, obviously. My choice. I think a GameCube is a strong answer. Anyone who picks GameCube, I would not fault you one bit. Um, I'm coming back as a translucent Game Boy Color. Ooh, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, all right. Um, and then our final email from Emrys. Uh, currently working through Act 2 of Snatcher right now. So far, I'm really enjoying it. So my thought is at this point, maybe Kojima should just make visual novels. What would a Metal Gear visual novel be like? Basically like Metal Gear already. The, th- the thing is that the adventure in action-adventure games comes from visual novels or comes yes. from like 
Portopia. It is it visual novels and action adventure games are actually like two different lineages of the same starting point. Yeah. Uh they are very very connected. Um so it actually wouldn't be that different. It would just be like the same sequences uh interpreted into different like verbs yeah. just like in Snatcher. I think I see it like in my head perfectly. It wouldn't be that different at all. Uh, this got me thinking, what action game series would you like to see reimagined as a visual novel? Oh! Hmm. Halo. I mean, that's like a great answer, right? Assuming you care about the lore of Halo, which you do, so. Yeah, I mean, not, I, mean not, I would not like the current writers of Halo to do it, but the idea of like me and my AI buddy have to investigate the art, like it would have to be more conceptual, like the Metal Gear 1 just literally maps scenario to scenario yeah um but just more broadly like master chief the arbiter uh katana three for three good three for three good for probably less annoying in a visual novel uh, especially yeah. if it's not fully voice acted um, um i think my answer is control which is a game i didn't like very ooh, much yes <laughs> but only because i've already i already have like know about scp and i like internet horror stuff and if there was just a big expensive visual novel that was like you get to go around and interact with SCP stuff and good horror bits. That would be great. I control would easily be better as a visual novel. Like just like instantly. Yeah. The worst part of the worst part of control is every time you have to fight a guy, which is about every 35 seconds. So if you could just like click, I'm in a room, what's in this room? There's a weird, I don't know, water bottle in here. The water bottle's filled with green water. What's the green water doing? Oh, it goes backwards. Okay. (laughs) The moment, the moment I realized that the ashtray maze everyone had been talking about for eight months was just was a, a fucking gauntlet of, of guys. Yes. <laughs> I've rarely been so disappointed in the thing people are excited about. The thing is, it is abstractly one of the cooler bits of that game, but it is just a linear sequence of combat rooms. Yeah. That's because that game is not very good, unfortunately. I love the aesthetic, but man, I don't. I did not like playing that. I did not finish Control. Um Anyway, that's it for our emails. Again, abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, we did so much podcast. Next month. <laughs> oh, right. Remember the start of the podcast when we were like, ooh, what are we doing next month? If for some reason you did not just immediately check the, the description, as we told you, well, you could. thank you. You're braver than the troops. Solid Snake saluting you right now. I don't um, think you're braver than the troops. I think you're commuting. <laughs> <laughs> or you're at work and just can't be bothered to open up your phone. You yeah, can't look at your phone. Yeah. <laughs> If you've been commuting for three hours, how long is this podcast? Two thirty-four. Well, no, yeah, you, you commute briefly and then forget the second we start talking about something else. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Fair enough. But if you've if you've been commuting for this long, get a better job. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I mean, I'm not telling you you have to because that's not like that's not free, you know. But man, I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we if you're if you're two times speed. You could probably listen to this podcast in one commute if you've got like a long commute. It's not out of the question. You've no, got to be no, two no. speed though. That's a long commute though. So yeah. my commute's like my commute's like fifteen minutes, and it still feels like way too long. When I was commuting, I was commuting for over an hour because I was in, I lived in London. Yeah, I live in Omaha. We don't do that here. <laughs> it sucks. It fucking sucks. Let's let's you work for eight hours, and then let's just two and a half hours of your day gone again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never lived that life. That seems horrifying to me. I'm like, that's 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 time you're not even paid for. No, and I have to be on a fucking London train. God, it sucked. I miss it so much. Um, uh, conflicting feelings about London. <laughs> anyway, um, we had originally thought about a game we were going to do, and we're still doing it, so we'll get to it in a second. But um, we spent the last month talking about around basically the thing we would already do. Uh, do you just want to lay out what we're going to do? 
yeah, basically, about a month ago, I, no, before even like playing Sonic Frontiers uh, and it kind of becoming a, a talking point, I was like, we should do Spark the Electric Justice 3 one day. Uh, like, before it came out, I was like, two was, two was cool. Um, I like, it's just a Sonic Adventure 2 like clone, like everyone says they want. We should cover it. Um, and then you got a Steam Deck. Uh, and now it's, it's like a, th- it's a thing we can play because we were waiting it to come out on Xbox. Um, but yeah. I don't even know if the third one will get a console release. Yeah, uh, turns out it runs really great on Steam Deck if that's your uh, poison. Uh, but then Sonic Frontiers came out and then we just like talked about Sonic so much, like on that VoIP Life and a little bit here. Um, the, there's just a lot of conversation around the genre and the ideas and we're already in it. We're already in the thing. Uh, yeah. So we didn't want to just like redundantly make the same points that we'd already made. So we've expanded our yeah. yeah we've expanded our uh, palette somewhat for next month. So next month we will be talking about Spark the Electric Justice Three. That's like the main focus. Um, but we're also going to be talking about Lunasis, uh, the recently released is on PC and Switch, thirty-two uh, bit platformer. That's how it's selling itself. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, and, uh, we're going to be talking about Tori 3d and Tori two and anything else that kind of fits our brain. I think those are probably going to be the main focus, but if we come up with something I'll else, probably we... mention there's strong likelihood. I talk a little bit about Sonic GT in there. I don't even know what Sonic GT is. I'll talk about Sonic GT is the other, this one's still a fan game, but it's the other like completed 3d Sonic project with another oh. vision of this yeah, kind okay. of platforming. Yeah. Um, I want you don't have to play it if you don't want to, but it's, it's, it's like four levels long and, uh, it's interesting. Okay, yeah. Um, and we will mostly just be talking about high-speed, half-score attack 3D platforming games and where they yes. are right now. Uh, want to look at the like spectrum of not explicitly Sonic, because Lunasis is like also doing other sad and stuff, but like yeah. n- the non-Mario, non-collectathon style of uh, like high-speed 3D platformers, generally, yeah. you know, loose theme, yeah. but you kind of get the idea. Yeah. Things that would be at Sage. I don't know what that is. You know Sages? No. Is that the Sonic uh, fan game thing? Yeah, it was the Sonic Amateur Games Expo that then just okay. became Sage because it's uh now half the people are just making real video games that are better than Sonic Team's games at this point. <laughs> yeah, um but it is uh, it's a it's a very cool event at this point and um there's a lot of stuff there. Some things have yeah. not quite made it. We're not covering Fetch the Ferret or whatever, you know, another yeah. one of these. To be fair, if, um, if you've got if you've got some games you think are a good fit for this and are not particularly long, uh you know where we are in the Discord. Yeah. Go to normalmap.com. Put it up in the, the game, game club channel. I guess Those you can send them little... an email, but yeah, we'd prefer it in the Discord so everyone can comment and tell us if you're right or not. <laughs> yes, because um you've already played a bit of Spark 3 uh yes i've been playing sonic all month we're more in progress this month than normal so we've announced everything that we definitely will be covering but if there's anything else that comes up uh it'll we'll mention it in the discord and it'll be slightly more collaborative i guess or it won't if no one else is interested that's fine too yeah um but feel free Uh, we're kind of open yeah um I'll tell you right now, um, we're basically excluding all the really cool 3D platformers that are about here. Look at a cool grappling hook because there's like 800 of them and it's kind of outside the scope of what we're doing. So please put down the keyboard. <laughs> I do like the grappling hook ones as well. Yes, I know, not, me too, but it's really outside of the scope of what we're doing. Yeah, we're not doing crumble or energy hug. Yeah, um, Incredible Mandy, Invincible Mandy. They're, they're, that's one of those, I think. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of those. I was downloading something to my Steam Deck the other day. And I was like, this is outside the scope, but I'm going to get these and look at them. Yeah. Um, 
But, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited because you came yeah. to me. I'm like, we've already been talking about this so much. Would it be redundant? And I was like, I'd rather expand it because I'm in a hole of enjoying it. I'd rather, yeah, start, yeah. you know, which is we're in it. This is this is the energy we wanted. This is what we mean by every two weeks of normal mapping. We're just yes. going to go where the feeling is. Oh. Yeah, like I want to keep doing the thing that I'm currently interested in because I won't be interested the month after. <laughs> yeah. Um. So look forward to that. That'll be the end of the year. Um. We don't do game of the year stuff, so there might be something on a VoIP life, but that's it. <laughs> Yeah, we're done with all that. I gotta, I gotta remind Jackson of all of their New Year's resolutions. Eventually. Fuck off! No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you only get to do that once. You only get to do that once, and your your ultimate reveal that I can't believe my friend believed the things I told him. <laughs> Piece of shit! If you don't know what we're talking about, subscribe to Vibe Life. <laughs> uh, if we're if people want to subscribe to Vibe Life, where would they do that? They do that at patreon.com slash abnormal mapping. Uh, we have multiple tiers. Uh, $1 gets you Gundam. That's where the Gundam talk is. It's pretty good. It's I guess our most popular podcast. Uh, strong recommend. Uh, $5 gets you Blockbusters. It's um, one of our best shows. I really like it. It is $5 because it is like uh, we wanted to charge for something, but we also wanted to be good and serious and like there's good criticism in there. It's also half giving off. And you get to Life. There's much less serious criticism in there. Uh, uh, at ten dollars, uh, but it is very funny. I am proud of those podcasts. Um, yeah. But the, the 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 scale is the more money, the less like essential to the capital W work it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the more it's meant to just be like a tip jar and a, a little gift you can enjoy. Yes. Because uh, we don't want to gate off the most important stuff. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you find me at Headfalls Off uh, on Twitter and co-host on whatever website still exists. I'll keep saying this until we get some confirmation of stability. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter and co-host at em underscore being. Like I said, uh, I'm trying to post. I'm trying to tweet on main more. I don't know why. I just like well, if it's going out, I might as well go out swinging. Uh, and I post a bunch of capsule reviews on co-host. If you if you follow me on co-host, you already know I've already played Lunasis and actually those aren't up yet. I did write them, but I haven't posted them yet. But I yeah, I finished Lunasis and both the Tories and. Um, working on that stuff um and uh if you would like to check out our podcast we're at abnormalmapping.com there's a bunch of shows there's repertory screenings our movie club i have a new podcast called around the long fire in which me and my friend neve uh from export audio podcasts sit and uh every week we talk about icelandic sagas we recently finished a volsunga saga which was our first little uh, arc um i'm looking forward to do more of that um is there gonna be another coheed podcast soon i feel One like of these days uh, we, it. like molly molly came back from the, the vacation chicago. and now chicago and now we're just on the hook to to do the next episode of that at some point okay by the end of the year mm. right let's hope so okay um also by the end of the year there will be a new uh, second officer's slog which you can find at normalmapping.com that's coming up yeah um, look forward to that. There's also your uncle's beach house, which is free where we recently read Scott Pilgrim and watched the Scott Pilgrim movie. Uh, we're about to do psychopath the movie, which we both really like, and that's going to be great to talk about. There's a, there's a whole lot of weird stuff in the, uh, beach house feed. Um, that's all the main things I think, uh, you can check out sister game club podcasts on our network. Uh, there's journal updated, uh, which is about to do new Vegas, <laughs> Uh, and then they're going to do New Vegas, the DLCs, which, man, you want to talk about a golfing experience. That's it. Um, one of those New Vegas Just, DLCs it makes me so mad still. It's such a bad piece of shit. Oh, anyway. Eternal, 
eternal salute to uh Daniel for doing the podcasts we could do but don't want to. <laughs> I I did a let's play of New Vegas years and years ago. Please don't watch it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Pretty sure pretty really sure that's using my dead name and everything. You know, you could. It's up. I don't care, but um Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, and then we have the, the safe room, which recently did Luigi's Mansion. They're working on somehow for the room, right? Is that next? I believe so. I believe that's true. Um, which I love somehow for, so I hope they like it. Um, so yeah, that's everything. Uh, that's I don't it. know. Podcast get busy snatching or get busy dying. Is that our sign off today? No, nope. it's not. That's